Hello and welcome to the Weird Geeks Horror Channel, where every Friday we'll be covering a new installment in the classic horror franchise. Go to weirdgeeks.com to check out our other podcast series, social medias, Twitch streams, contact details and news on our very own feature films, albums and shorts that are currently in production for our publisher, We Are Tessellate. Weird Geeks is not affiliated with any of the rights holders of the films referenced, and no infringement is intended. Geeks! 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 <laughs> Hello, and welcome back to the Weird Geeks Horror Show, where every single Friday we take you through another installment in a classic horror retrospective franchise. I'm your host, Al White, and join me throughout all of the Michael Myers films has been Justin Macaroni Maraconda. Ba-la-la-boop-de-doo-da! <laughs> Alison Holland. Hi. And Katie Watson. Hello. We did it, guys. We're here. This is the penultimate episode. Next week, if you're new to us, we're going to be doing the wrap-up, which means we're going to be covering the entire series, ranking them, ranking kills, masks, final girls, who or final people who aren't Jamie Lee Curtis, probably, because otherwise <laughs> it's too fucking easy. Josh All that fun stuff. But this week, we're finally here. The reason we're doing this series, the reason we've been waiting to do this, is the lead-up for Halloween 2018 getting already a 7.9 out of 10 on the imdb so okay. it's like 15,000 votes or something which is a very high respectable score be interesting to see how that pans out also yes if you're new to us head on over to weirdgeeks.com or type in weird geeks on your yeah. itunes or your little podcast platform we do this for free there are no patreons and no banner ads there's no we're not bribed nope no bribes no other than between each other yeah so yeah if you can go on there if you can subscribe and if you can write us it makes a big deal to us it really does i thought the lead up was up because we're trying to get to halloween yeah we're nearly there <laughs> just just to get to halloween we're watching these movies just, to prepare us for halloween just to make it to halloween yeah take my yeah, well, halloween. 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 No. as you will listen to this <laughs> you're just five days out so when we do our wrap up we will be uh i will be halloween. halloween halloween will be over <laughs> what be are you gonna late. be for halloween i am <laughs> What are you guys doing for I Halloween? I am. Anybody doing anything fun? I don't know. Are you doing something? I know what I'm dressing as. I don't know what I'm, where I will be attending. Oh, what are you dressing costume. as? I'm dressing as Post Malone. You, you know what you're dressing as, but you don't know where you're showcasing. <laughs> That's pretty great. Correct. <laughs> I have the I temporary tattoos are in order. on their way to my apartment. Very I'm going nice. to be getting at a facial hair. I don't oh, like yeah. concerts. Post Malone concerts. <laughs> don't like concerts. Yeah. I don't believe you. She goes see Jeff Goldblum play, but he does a cool Halloween party. He just dresses up as one of his own characters. <laughs> I'm actually going to be, if anybody wants to, to hang out on Halloween, I'm going to be in Ithaca at the Ithaca Fantastic Horror Festival. Our film Starfish is going to be playing there. I will be there for Halloween night. Come say hello. All the way in Greece. Woo. Yeah, all the way. Odysseus is home. I'm going to be trying to figure out how to lure children to trick-or-treat at our house. <laughs> Without yeah, they never want being to. creepy or kidnapping anyone. They Maybe never want start to. with not they using don't. the word lure. I have all this candy <laughs> and all this junk food. I need it out of my house. And I was like, perfect. It's Halloween's good candy coming too. Up. It's really it's full size, you guys. Yeah. Funning around here. You want to give you out your address the on the internet? <laughs> and have a ton of pumpkins lining the ground. And they'll be like, ooh. Like, and just I don't have want candy candles coming to my house. I just want kids. Like, yeah, we live in LA. Bad stuff happens when you leave the gate open, to be fair. Yeah, yeah I don't, I'm not leaving the front gate open. I have a doorbell. <laughs> I don't know. 
All right, guys. Halloween 2018, directed by <laughs> David Gordon Green. Let's tackle each of these people as we go through, shall yeah, we? Yeah, let's a lot. do it. David Gordon Green. All right, so this guy, he's all over the place. So I first learned about David Gordon Green with his debut with George Washington, which is made for, it was made for like $40,000, and it's a really cool little indie film. Got him a lot of awards and attention. He then went on to do All the Real Girls, which for a long time was one of my favorite films ever made. It's not anymore, but I still love it very dearly. Great soundtrack. He then did Undertow, which again, indie director. He did a film called Snow Angels, which is really great with Kate uh, Beckinsale. Mm-hmm. He's great. And then th- what, these are the films he's written. So he wrote and directed these. And he then also wrote uh, Good Vibes. He wrote Prince Avalanche and Goat, actually. And Goat has a little bit part by Virginia Gardner, who's in this. And we should say full disclosure, Virginia Gardner is the lead in our film. So some people need to say that up front. And your in film case. Starfish. Uh, in our film Starfish. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's just full disclosure. When he's not writing stuff, he does very different things. He directed Pineapple Express. He directed <laughs> Your Highness. He directed The Sitter. But then he also did Joe. He did Manglehorn, that fucking terrible Robert De Niro film. And a whole bunch of the Vice Principals TV show. That was funny. And Stronger. Stronger as well. Um, so he's all over the fucking place. And I feel a lot of people now know him as, oh, David Gordon Green. He's like, he's the you know, guy who makes stoner comedies. Because of Pineapple Express, Your Highness, and The Sitter. And he surrounds himself with a lot of those people. Do you know what his next project is? I can't believe they're doing this. They're remaking the movie, not the TV series, the movie Friday Night Lights. What? Yep. Wait, isn't that the one with... uh, No, that's Varsity Blues. The movie was from 2004. And it was a really beautiful movie. It had explosions in the sky doing the music for it. It was really cool. And then the TV show was a spinoff from that movie... And now they're remaking the movie again. So presumably after that, we'll get another TV show. <laughs> like, uh, the TV show is perfect. Why do we have to it's, have so many football? What about like a different sport? What if we do something like, I don't know, wrestling? Oh, wait, damn it. We had Nacho Libre. Have we you seen Glory Road? <laughs> it's not. Have you seen what? Glory Road. What about? Oh, Glory Road. No. Ice hockey. What about lacrosse? I think we need polo? more roller derby movies. <laughs> yeah. I like yeah, I like Whip Flash. it, yeah, Whip Whip it or whatever it was yeah. called. What cool. about Destruction Derby? Oh fuck yeah, that's <laughs> a great game that. on PlayStation One. Yeah, I just don't know why Friday Night Lights. You know, it's a great film, great TV show. Why? What? You, what else are you gonna do? It's football. You know what game they should do a movie of is that game the Stick game. Bold. Remember that one that we Stick played? Bold. Oh, Stick fuck bold. it. Be against oh, if that was Stick a movie, bold. like an animated oh, movie, it was I'd watch so it. good. I love that game. But it was like game. watching a movie. Yeah. All right. So this film was written by David Gordon Green, who we just covered, but also by his pal, Danny McBride. Now, so crazy. Danny McBride, obviously, everybody knows him. I think what we should really look at is what has he written before? So this is. He's written a couple of features now. He wrote a fil- another film that came out this year called The Legacy of a White-Tailed Deer Hunter. Did that come um, out this year? Or it's about to come out. It's this year. It's I helped it. do the casting for that when I was still living in Austin. Did you really? They were looking for a young kid to play his son. Nice. To play Josh Brolin's son. Right, right, right. Man, that was a while ago then. They that was that. a long time ago. <laughs> Fuck. That's crazy. It's slated for this year. I've been waiting for that. Assumed it just got lost and didn't happen. No. That is uh, okay. Waiting. So I guess that would have been his first feature script. Then I suppose he wrote a lot of the TV show Vice Principals. He wrote all of Eastbound and Down. 
but he hasn't done like feature films i guess yeah that deer hunter one and this one are pretty much his first features he's got a bunch now and then jeff fradley is also writing here he's written a whole bunch of vice principles so really you're getting that comedy troupe coming over to do a halloween film which i remember when i heard the news for this film i was so psyched about getting a new halloween i was bewildered because i was so excited david gordon green i was like i fucking hope he brings his classic indie style and not his your highness style of directing but i and i like danny mcbride but i was a bit bewildered i was like can he write straight can he do horror you know we're gonna find out (laughs) dp'd by michael simmons who hasn't done much exciting he did nerve remember that kind of shitty film he did white just came out recently right yeah yeah and he did paranormal activity 2 (laughs) which are weird films to dp because they're all just through security cameras (laughs) Uh, music we've got john carpenter returning also with cody carpenter his son and daniel a davies budgeted at a very modest 10 million dollars oh wow Oh, and there's a reason for that. It's because of Blumhouse Productions. So we'll get into the story in a second. But starring Judy Greer as Karen. People know her from 13 going on 30. And Arrested Man, Development, dresses, I think you mean. Arrested Development, that Jurassic too. World. Spring break. Many things. Uh, Andy Matichak <laughs> as Allison, who hasn't really been in that much. It's a tiny role in Orange is the New Black. All of these people, I feel like I know their faces. Oh, she was in Orange is the New Black. What season was she in? I don't remember, but I remember the character that she played. She played one of the like the newbies. I think she was a drug addict. Maybe she came in when Um, I stopped watching. Halleck Bilginier as Dr. Sartain. He's a a Turkish guy. He he was in the International, he was in Winter Sleep, the Ben-Hur remake. I don't think I've seen much of him, but I feel like I have. He's another one of those faces like I know this guy. Will Patton. As Officer Hawkins, who of course is in Armageddon, he's in The Postman, a bunch of the TV show 24, he's in The Punisher with Thomas Jane, loads of things. Ryan Reese as Dana, who's only really in the Disengaged TV show. Jefferson Hall as Aaron, who's in Taboo, Game of Thrones briefly, he's in The Bill, Casualty, Silent Witness, a real UK TV actor. Toby Huss as Ray in Halt and Catch Fire, Veep, Outcast, The Invitation, King of the Hill, Carnival. I used to love Carnival. That guy's awesome. He's really yeah, good he's in Halt great. and Catch Fire. Yeah. So good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who is he in this? Who's Ray? The dad. The husband. Yep. Oh, right, right, right. right, right. Again, one of those people you're like, oh, you know this guy so well, but you can't yeah. really say where from. Virginia Gardner as Vicky. She's in Runaways, Goat, Project Almanac, and yes, our film Starfish. Dylan Arnold as Cameron from Nashville and Mudbound. Drew Scheid as Oscar in Boy Race, Goosebumps 2, Stranger Things, and The Darkest Minds. Jibrel Nantambu as Julian, who's the little kid nice. playing against Jimmy in that great scene. He's only been in one thing before, briefly in an episode of Preacher. And returning, Nick Castle, as well as James Jude Courtney as The Shape. Uh, and of course, Jamie Lee Curtis Woo-woo. as Laurie Strode quite the cast of recognizable faces impressive yeah justin is molesting his mic or something he doing? oh he's in <laughs> a little tasty thing <laughs> and he's being considerate <laughs> i appreciate that and so do our listeners you're a hero <sighs> okay so what the fuck how did this movie get made and why didn't something happen sooner because we seem to be on a roll right we had our two uh, I don't mean on a roll of quality necessarily, but on a roll of making money. <laughs> Pumping them out. Two Rob Zombie movies. They were doing pretty well. 2011. 
So 2009 was the last one. 2011, two years after last week's Rob Zombie's Halloween 2, and they announced a sequel. It's going to be called Halloween 3D. And it was going to be released October 26, 2012, just a year later. They had no writer and no director attached. Sounds great. It's going to be a real turnaround. They had at one point, then they had Patrick Lucia and Todd Farmer. They're the guys who wrote and directed my Bloody Valentine remake, Drive Angry, that stuff. Uh, They were attached, but we've talked about them before, Katie Watson, because they left this to go work on the Hellraiser reboot. I was going to say, I thought that I remember this story. Yeah, they've been attached to two sort of reboots and neither have happened for them, which I'm kind of happy about because I don't think they're the right choice. I liked the My Bloody Valentine 3D. Oh, no, I do too. Both of those are fun films, but I don't think the Halloween or Hellraiser reboots need to be in that vein. Well, I guess it's a way to particularly Hellraiser. Could have been a, it's just a different take. A comedy Hellraiser film would be very strange. Yeah. So yeah, the movie was going to pick up exactly where part two ended. Where the fuck did that end? In? I don't remember now. Halloween 2. There was a horse. Oh, no, that's There's it, isn't it? There's an explosion. <laughs> the girls on her bed in hospital, potentially dead. We're not, we're not sure. And then the white horse walks up to her right. with fucking Sherry Moon zombies. Oh, you mean the weird laugh, smile, smirky thing. Yeah. So it was going to pick up exactly from there. <laughs> but luckily that movie went away. Okay. In early 2015, they announced that a new Halloween was being worked on. It would be a recalibration rather than a reboot, which I don't know what the fuck that means. And it was going to be written by Patrick Mel- uh, Melton. Now, this is a guy who did, uh, sorry, and Marcus Dunstan. These guys did the Feast trilogy. And they did The Collector, and they did Saw parts four through to six, basically. Again, I mean, they've done some, some decent films, but this isn't great pedigree. And it was going to be called Halloween Returns. As it does every year. Better than <laughs> Halloween 3D, to be fair. Yeah. Uh, it was going to be a standalone movie that was going to be set after Halloween 1 and 2. And Michael was going to be confronted by new generations of victims while he was on death row. Which I don't really understand what happens there. Right. Sounds boring. It'd be difficult <laughs> to get a mask involved, that's for sure. Uh, however, October 22nd, 2015, this film was also stopped. Malek Akkad said that they were trying to refigure out the beast that was a new Halloween movie. So then in December 2015, it was announced that Dimension Films had lost the filming rights because they hadn't gone into production on this film. It had taken too long. So the film rights then reverted to Tarek Akkad and Miramax. Now, Miramax own dimension so it was kind of a weird sort of well dimension of lost it, but miramax have it again <laughs> and they sought out jason blum because he's doing pretty well for himself yeah, okay. doing all right he's fine he's all right that explains the 10 million budget because they make cheap ass movies 10 million is pretty it's quite a lot for jason blum to be honest mid 2016 and blumhouse productions and miramax are officially announced to be co-financing the new film John Carpenter then signs on as executive producer. He's quoted as saying, 38 years after the original Halloween, I'm going to help to try and make the 10th sequel the scariest of them all. I haven't even seen all of the sequels, but it finally (laughs) occurred to me, if I'm just flapping my gums here, why don't I try to make it as good as I can? And instead of throwing rocks from the sidelines, I want to try and do something positive. It's a very healthy perspective. Yeah, he's been pretty surly throughout the decades about stuff. And he's also just constantly saying, yeah, I'm a capitalist. Just pay me money. I'll do what you want me to do. I'm American. Which he's still saying to this day, to be fair. (laughs) David Golden Green and Danny McBride then did a pitch, which he liked. And then they were announced on February the 9th, 2017 as handling screenwriting with David directing. And Carpenter was going to advise. 
Danny is quoted as saying, we came to the decision that remaking something that already works isn't a good idea. So we just have a reimagining instead. You know, there's so many different versions. The timeline is so mixed up. So we just thought it would be easier to go back to the source and continue from there. So we're making Halloween 2. But for fans, we do pay homage to and respect every Halloween film that is already been made. He does also mention that they retconned the ending of part one in what they liken to an alternative reality. So basically, doing whatever the fuck we want. He basically is saying <laughs> the timeline's so mixed up, we thought we'd mix it up even more. <laughs> yeah. It's already fucked, so we'll just keep Let's fucking really it up. Let's really fuck it by bringing back Jamie Lee Curtis, but ignoring H2O, All but the ignoring other ones that she two, was also but, in, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And ignoring even the ending. It doesn't even follow, we'll get into it, but it doesn't even work following on from Halloween 1. I'm glad I found this interview where he at least acknowledges that, but there's no even line in the film to help excuse it or anything. Yeah. It just doesn't work. An interesting clash that I found actually is John Carpenter saying that he never liked Rob Zombie's reimagining because he wanted the character to be more mysterious, less explained, and a force of nature that was almost supernatural. So we always know that's where Carpenter saw Michael Myers becoming. Whereas McBride says he wanted to humanize the character and he didn't want Michael Myers to be something that could be killed. He wanted, uh, sorry, sorry, he didn't want it to be something that couldn't be killed. He wanted to be scared by something that could really happen. Which sounds to me like what Rob Zombie's intentions were. He wanted to humanize the character and tell like the back history and make him more, you know, human, as it were. But John Carpenter seems to want something different. So it's kind of weird that those two stories have come out and you're like, oh, you're contradicting each other with what you were trying to do with this movie. But I think it's probably they had a little bit more leeway towards what uh, John Carpenter wanted, where they're like, yeah. oh, we'll make him a little bit human, but we'll still keep that like craziness. The super, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think we'll get into it. I do think it's there. This is specifically showing you why Rob Zombie's methods are flawed in that he is, he is the writer, director, editor, everything, and he's too close to his stuff. And he gets too impassioned and then he has no one to give him feedback. Whereas this, you see fanboys from the beginning. You see, you know, John Carpenter, who's obviously been with it since the beginning. And they're all going to have different viewpoints, but they're all going to workshop it together, which I think is so key to something coming off as, yes, it's great. Yes, there are flaws, but we don't really care. Like, we're just also having fun. I think they're, mm-hmm. you're only able to say that if you're in an ensemble. You're not able to do that all by yourself. Yeah. So. Well, I do think, I mean, we'll see how we feel as we go through, but I do think there is a contradictory nature a bit to his character sure. in this film, which made more sense to me once I read that. There are two very different things yeah. that different Intentions. people involved wanted to do. So then, yeah, September 2017, Jamie Lee Curtis confirmed she would be returning. Um, she was excited by the script and what it was dealing with. She's spoken very vocally. In fact, there's lovely stuff if you follow her on Instagram and Twitter of her with people now who have come up to her and said the film have helped them, like people who have survived traumatic events and are dealing with the stress that leaves you with for decades, which she's very impassioned about. Daniel Harris, our old friend... <laughs> from part four and five and Rob Zombie's two Halloween movies, contacted Blumhouse when she found out they were making this movie and offered to play the daughter because she knew that they were giving Jamie Lee Curtis a daughter again. But they wanted to go a different way. And she said, said, you're too old, Danielle. Well, she wasn't too old because she was going to play the daughter. She was going to play the- um, Oh, the mom. Greer's, yeah. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. I got just to clarify because there's three generations of women here. I'm going to be talking about a grandmother, daughter, and then granddaughter. That's how I'm going to be doing it throughout. Yeah, she was quoted as saying, this is the last one. And, well, no, they're saying this is the last one. She has a daughter and it's not Jamie and it's just kind of a bummer. 
That's what she's quoted as saying. I think they made the right decision. I think bringing Daniel Harris into this would have been a terrible decision. I've enjoyed yeah. her in the other films, but that would have been stupid. Yeah. And very confusing for the lore. Yeah, to <laughs> ignore the other films that now two characters have been in. Yeah. yeah. And she's played different characters in them. Like it's, yeah. Yeah. So they shot in South Carolina, which is where um, uh, David likes to do a lot of stuff. In January 2018, January 28th, this year they were shooting. Wow, that's uh, They were meant to shoot last October, but it got delayed. Principal photography finished on February the 19th. They really pumped and then it they out. Did, yeah, they did a test screening, which led the filmmakers to go back and do reshoots June the 11th in Charleston, uh, mostly just to adjust the end sequence, uh, the end scenes that people weren't happy with. So there you go. That's how this movie got made. I was crazy excited. Like this year when I entered it, I was most excited to see You Were Never Really Here, Infinity War, and this. They were my three big films. Katie and myself got to see this a few weeks ago at Fantastic Fest um, at its North American premiere. Yep. Which was very exciting. Lots and of very buzz there. full, rowdy cinemas. Which was very fun. rowdy. They were showing it in like five screens, I think. Neither of us were in the screen. Actually, had Jamie Lee Curtis and no. Jason Blum and people in. Uh, but she gave a great Q and A. She like swore at the audience at one point. She kept inappropriately stroking the granddaughter's arm <laughs> throughout most of a, <laughs> a Q and A. Yeah, but it was a real thrill to get to see it in that environment and stuff. You guys just got to see it. I mean, we thought I just I went again this morning. I just came from a viewing. Uh, you guys all went last night. I'm intrigued. Yeah. Because this film on opening night has made 7.7 million, so it's almost made its shooting budget back. And it's projected to be one of the biggest horror films openings. It is the highest with like 12, I think. And it's definitely going to be the highest Halloween opening, it looks like. Yeah. How were the cinemas where you guys saw it? Like how big and what did you see it in and how full were they? Katie and I saw it at the, one of the Cinemark XD screens, which is massive. Yeah, it's a huge, huge theater, and it was empty. Like Probably there were had, maybe like, twenty people in there. Yeah, maybe five groups. Yeah, mm. it was dead. <laughs> it was really dead, and I was panicking because I had forgotten to buy tickets, and then I realized, oh shit, that's this Thursday, and I bought them Wednesday, I think, and I went it was like frantic looking up on Fandango or whatever, and. Everywhere still had seats, like ample, ample seating. It was really weird. That's, that is weird. Because uh, you texted me this last night and I was like, what? Yeah. what? How is empty? There it's been projected to make there. loads of money. I don't yeah. know. Justin, was yours full? Uh, yeah, I went to AMC Burbank. It was like the AMC Prime where it's pretty much like a giant IMAX screen. You have like nice two-seater, super comfy anima- or, uh, mechanical chair things where you can like pretty much make it into a bed it was packed and all the showings before and after were all sold out so mm. yeah we were also like in Playa Vista so maybe it wasn't it was just the area it was potentially just a lesser frequented cinema yeah mm. you're all in LA just to clarify to yeah people but different yeah. areas yeah I went this morning I'm in Brooklyn New York and I went to a 1 p.m screening um so it wasn't the last night's preview screening so it was like the first of regular launch uh, there was, I guess it was about a quarter of the cinema was full. It wasn't that bad. But I had a terrible experience, really terrible fucking experience. Why? And it made me realize I've been spoiled the last few weeks doing these festival tours and just like getting to see films in rooms of people who give a shit and are going to be silent and are going to like respect the movie. All these people sit down, they're all in their little groups and 
it doesn't take long. At the beginning, they're quite quiet, but it doesn't take long until just some people just start talking. And then as soon as some people start talking, everyone else thinks, oh, we can just start talking. By the end of the film, it's like hanging out in your friend's living room and everyone's just drinking, chatting, eating, discussing things to do with the movie, yeah. like shouting at the movie, but not in a fun, like collaborative way, just in a really stupid way. Like they couldn't give a shit, don't care about this movie. There was a couple sitting nearby me and I don't know how they're doing it because I don't think there was an actual joint in there, but they were smoking weed in the cinema. It was what? just like... It was a fucking mess. And I was just sitting there going, if I, I'm so desperate, I was so excited about this movie. If I hadn't seen this movie before, I would oh, be yeah, livid. Oh, yeah, that'd be so yeah. sad. I'd be fucking livid. This is why all theaters need to operate like Alamo. I agree. I agree too. Yeah, for some of the films that I've seen in theaters recently, it's just like, people just talk or they're just obnoxious. It's like, I don't give a shit about your opinion of what you <laughs> think about this film. Like, we're in a theater. It's almost like the library. You should just shut the fuck up and just watch it. Mm-hmm. I can deal. Like some people get annoyed when someone's exclaiming, but I'm like, you know what? If you're in a horror film, someone's got a reaction to that. It's fun. It's silly. Whatever. But there was a guy literally who was just in front of me on his phone the whole way through. Yeah. And everyone around me, it wasn't reacting to the film. It was just talking. Yeah. yeah. It was literally just talking. Like, and it just drove me fucking crazy. I was in a Mission Impossible Fallout and this lady, like she walked in. It's fine. Still the trailer. She's like, wow, it's so big and beautiful i was like okay that's fair yeah movie starts whoa where do you think this is Shh, no one cares <laughs> oh my god <laughs> shut your mouth and just watch you'll find out they'll, they'll go brazil or wherever they're at like they'll tell <laughs> they you always tell you <laughs> every time oh, they're doing the people to my right there was about seven of them and they were doing that thing where you'll but you know, like people come to horror movies and they just start laughing. You know, uh, they're just like giggling, and it's just because they're nervous, so they yeah, just start like laughing and everything, and then feeling. chatting about it. And then it's just, and because no one was telling them to shut up, they're just like, "Oh, we can do what we want." Then there was a, a group of there, guys oh, behind yeah. us that were kind of like that, but it was just—I think I don't know how many of them there were, but there was just one friend who was getting scared. Yeah, and so but his you friends could tell would that, then laugh at his reactions. Yeah, you could tell that that was like his thing that they liked that he got scared really easily. But there were times, even with, I'd seen it already, and there were times because of his reaction right behind us, it would make me jump. Yeah. Because he, <laughs> would, he was so intense. Like, he would jolt the whole row behind yeah, him. Yeah, he had his feet on the chair next yeah. to me, and he kept, like, kicking the chair, and our chairs would, like, vibrate. And I was like, yeah. can you take your feet off, please, Ugh. if you're going to be scared? I know. <laughs> Remember when we saw Blair Witch, the new Blair Witch in uh, England, Katie? You were there for that, weren't you? Were you there for that? Yeah, pretty sure. We saw Blair Witch at the cinema together, yeah? I don't think so. Ah, okay. There was, there was this couple of guys <laughs> in front of me, and one of them was so scared. It was amazing. He just did everything that happened. He was just like, <laughs> just <laughs> the highest That's screams. honestly my favorite part of seeing horror movies. I love seeing them in packed theaters because seeing people get scared is my favorite. Sure, that's fine. You should always see them with Laudan. No, and these then people are having conversations like, about everything. No, yeah, no, like having conversations and talking over it, unacceptable and, then they left and, and super I was listening annoying. To her and she was like, oh, I hate it. I didn't, really didn't like it. And the guy was like, why? And she's like, it wasn't realistic. <laughs> Shut up. What's the fucking movie? I like when people or get go. scared in movies, but I don't like when people take it as their time to like be the comedian in their group and overemphasize yeah. things oh, yeah, being yeah. scared or just be like, oh no, girl, don't go in there. Oh no, like I don't yeah. need you mm-hmm. doing this over the movie. I don't need your help for me to be in this. I'm And they can't they can't hear you, you idiot. No. <laughs> no one cares. Screen. You didn't make the movie. Like, this is what Twitter right. is for. <laughs> I don't... I'm glad to. 
That was a good therapy session, guys. Thanks. (laughs) All that we're validating is that Alamo is the best. Yes. And people smoke. I couldn't believe people smoking in the fucking theater. I was like, you kidding me? (laughs) I think it's because you can have those new little, you know, vape things or whatever. So then people are like, oh, I can do this anywhere. It's like, fuck you. If you're listening to this, (laughs) fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. If you're one of those people, don't go to the theaters anymore. Just save everyone the trouble. Nobody likes you. Netflix and just, you know. Well, just download it illegally and have the bad people come and get you because yeah. we're tired of you your find the money that I wish I could find you for ruining yes. my cinema experience. Yes. So we open the film, immediate spooky music, no theme, which is obviously on purpose. And I'm thinking I'm intrigued because I liked what they brought in the theme. Which one was that? Like part four where they reintroduced Michael Myers and he comes out in a hospital bed to be transferred. Right. And they bring in the music blaring. And, but in the Rob Zombie ones, it just kind of seems to slip in like you couldn't give a shit. In this one, I'm like, all right, it's John Carpenter doing music. Are we going to get theme? Nope. He's going to hold off it. And he has reasons for that, which I like. Really grainy credits like the original one, which I like. you got those yellow fuzzy kind of... They've yeah. made them look like old school 35 millimeter stuff. Um, yeah. Which I thought was pretty sexy. And I first like shot... the inflating pumpkin. Oh, we're going to get to that. We're not quite there. Yeah. Yeah, the f- our first. Oh, hang on. We are... No, we're not quite. There. Yeah, our first shot is uh, a clock, which I was like, I wonder what the importance of this is. Because you get like three close ups of like a ticking clock. Of yeah, time. it was just like just the second hands. It was like kind of brought in an intensity. And you're just like, oh, it's counting down. We're already going for it. That's true. Yeah, yeah that's true. Maybe that is like, cause it's, it's, you feel with the film like this is like they're going to be very, those first yeah. shots are going to be important and I wasn't sure what they represented. It was but. just, well, it could just be representing like Michael's focus on the time that's passed and then, yeah, yeah like a countdown to what he can feel as planned. Waiting 40 years. Yeah. <laughs> Stairs. Hang on. Clock. He's going to be, so he's in his 60s then, right? Well, like late 50s, right? How old was he meant to be when he, because in the first one? I think he's like 60s. Yeah, I think he's in 60s. Because he's in his early 20s, I think, in the first one. Yeah. Okay. Once you skip forward, yeah. Obviously. So we're introduced to two journalists. We're following the girl's eyes as she's watching and looking around the Institute. It's a very peaceful opening. We're in Smith's Grove. Yeah. Um, and we, we find out that Michael Myers is going to be transferred, of course. Yeah. <laughs> because no, no one in idiots. any horror film can think of any other way to get these people out of these places yeah. other than yeah. the old transfer the- trick. Because this place is so full that they can't just leave him in there to live out his days. Like, he's been fine yeah. for 40 yeah. years, but yeah. no, we're going to let him die somewhere else. Yeah. I, I did like that's the like tool from the old ones that they use. They're like, what's hilarious that we all know what happens yeah, yeah. <laughs> that we're going to utilize because it's such a good nod to all the other ones. I feel like you can get laugh. away with a lot in this film because yeah. yeah, there's actually quite a lot of nods to the old films, and that's definitely one of them. And it's kind of like, well, it's also we're just like, how them. else do you get him out of a psychiatric ward? No yeah. one has thought I'm of just, it yet. Nobody well, also, get him to break no, but, out. Like, have know, the people but, who are podcasting show up, bring the mask, antagonize him, and then as soon as he feels the mask, as they say, that encourages him to break out. I think that's perfectly right. acceptable. <laughs> you know what's also acceptable? Follow one from the first film, and he's still on the loose. That too. <laughs> yeah. Like, like they oh, chose have to write him Jamie into Lee. Smith's Grove. You could completely like they could literally. Here's the secret of writing: you can make up whatever you want to. They chose. That's true. It's to a, do it this didn't story. really happen, so it's like no. fiction. 
they literally they chose which film to follow on from and then they broke the rules of following on from that film so they wrote him into this situation and it's like all right you kind of created a problem for yourself but fine I, I did like that that's what they use though because I went yes they're going the stupid route how it always <laughs> fails so it is 100% maybe we're going to get a thumb through a skull yeah <laughs> we're going to get the expected so he's been transferred to a place called Glass Hill which the doctor says it's not sound secure no yeah yeah <laughs> that's true it's like magnetos yeah. yeah also they did a good job at making that psych ward just feel kind of uneasy i was like something's off something's i don't like this place yeah i mean (laughs) it's immediately obviously beautiful like it's obviously a much more sophisticated film than anything we've seen since the first one yeah Mm -hmm. and it has a style but with also having a personality without it being glossy like rob zombie's films had style but it's all style this has a sort of a slightly more measured style yeah because everyone that you saw in it they just were interesting characters. You're like, this, I could see this being a real facility. Yeah. yeah. No, I agree. I agree. Yeah. But particularly in this opening bit in the intro before we get yeah. to the chessboard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we're learning this doctor, which, what's his name again? He's Dr. Sa- Sartain. Sausage. He was a student yeah. of Dr. Loomis, uh, which we're going to get a nice call out to later of, oh, yeah. you're the new Dr. Loomis. Yeah. You're the new uh, Loomis. Which is obviously what he is. And he takes them out to this crazy chessboard of an outside place where they get to have fresh air, I guess, and stand in one square. <laughs> it's a pretty big square, to be honest, though. That's yeah. a lot yeah. of room. Dude, yeah. so much space, so much checkered. So much. But you know when they're saying they're running out of room so they've got to transfer people? you got plenty outside on this yeah. chessboard. Build, Just right? maybe lose a couple of rooks and yeah. build a couple more rooms. Yeah, because he's <laughs> obviously the queen. He's the queen Michael like there old 90s like wide zoom in shot where it's like overlooking yeah. and then they like pushed in it's like that's a cool shot yeah it was cool i mean they really try to make this film feel like it's a 70s film like everyone's dressed like yeah. they're in the 70s all the kids at school are dressed like they're in the 70s and for a while i was confused about the date until you see that guy's tattoo later and it says 2018 yeah. on it mm-hmm. um, oh, what was the and tattoo again what was the year iphones it was this year 18 Oh. Yeah, and they're using iPhones, and yeah, I did like this little the little touches. Though. I like when the doctor's telling the journalist. So the journalist are there basically, yeah, to approach Michael Myers and to try and interview him, and he tells him to tie his shoelace because one of the people, one of the crazies out there on the chessboard, yeah, has like OCD for that kind of detail. It was nice. I really, I'm gonna say it right now. I think these two journalists look fantastic. They both drive me up the wall. I wanted them to die like immediately. <laughs> They're just like, British because they were yeah British. because they're British. You normally bring in the British people to like class something up, but in this, I'm just like they're not good. Like yeah. they look right in freeze frames, but they're not. They're just like really over dramatic, and particularly when you get them later in the film reappearing again, you're like you're so over the top, and everything they're doing is you're gonna find out later they just run a podcast as well. I know, but I think that that is so brilliant the way that they do interweave. Yeah the present climate and how into podcasts like serial and all those things that people are so into right now. I think they, they did such a good job of kind of thumbing their noses at people being so into things that are in reality, really stupid. Like these people that are labeling themselves investigative journalists when they really just run a podcast. Oh, we have a podcast. Yeah. yeah. They're like, this is our, situations. this is our clout and our pedigree. And you're like, yeah, that you have, 
like we do <laughs> that is like that this does not make us here film critics are. like we are just here because we love watching movies and then talking about them with our friends whereas they are like we are important because yeah. we go through and dredge up people's bad memories and try yeah. to solve murders that no one else can solve because like, he did say a line of something like oh we go through these cases that haven't been closed right. or something like that but, but it's being closed. He killed people and they've locked him up. And, like, yeah, there's not an unsolved mystery and- with this. Right. But they've the wanted him to talk, to hear his yeah. side. Which, which, yeah, I'll go with that. Like, I, I agree with you, Katie. I think it's a nice way to tie in the modern day into stuff. I'm just mm-hmm. saying that these two actors aren't good enough. No, no, no. For, like, I totally agree with you. It's overplayed. They're overdramatic. And when he pulls out this mask, it looks great. It works fucking cool in a trailer. Yeah. But it's really stupid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> he's just Look at so, it. and he's just like, say something. Look say at something, it. Yeah, Michael. that part's a little ridiculous. And yeah. everyone starts going crazy. And all those like, crazy people that before, like you're saying, Justin, they feel, yeah, contextually creepy and real. Here they just get like, oh, right. Yeah, have the guy with the umbrella all. laughing and this person mm-hmm. screaming and the dog's barking. the one barking. guy going, Figaro. Figaro. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and Michael, I like how they nearly show Michael. He like starts to turn. But. So at this point, this is where I started to laugh because just he was just like, look at it or uh, say something. And everything's just building. I'm like, this is so tacky. It's just felt very forced. But I did like just the side bit of Michael that you could see that you could never really see his face. Yeah. But the, how everything big he else, is. He's yeah. a mammoth. Yeah, he's fucking huge. And I was he like, wait, mammoth. he crossed the line though. His arm is his over. His arm crossed the line. Yeah, I was like. Yeah. So just waiting for him to like turn around really quickly and Grab snap him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that was my problem. Like, I, yeah, the first time watching was just like, you got this big build up. It feels like, okay, they're building up something huge, but what can it possibly be? Because he can't turn around to do that because he's chained and he's not going to break out. Mm-hmm. It's not going to happen. Like he's too overwhelmed. So I was like, how are you going to have a satisfying end to you building up with the editing back and forth that quick? And he said they kind of do it in that like, yeah, it feels weird to me, but then they just cut right into the title and the music comes in full yeah. force. And you're like, all right, it's kind of cool. Right. But yeah, a little, a little stupid because what do you do after that moment in real life? Yeah, <laughs> just I like know. screaming. He's like, everyone's going crazy. He's like, all right, guess we'll go home now. Sorry, bye. Say something. Say something. And it's like, why wouldn't you walk around to the front of him? Yeah, and, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Why Why yeah, would absolutely. you, like, go just keeps try and get in his face? It'd be so funny to see him, like, chasing <laughs> Michael. Moving in going, <laughs> like, uh, Michael keeps turning. <laughs> Michael. That would have been great. Don't look at me. Just, look at me. Don't look at me. It'd be hilarious. <laughs> He's just rotating slowly. Oh, that would be great. Like a sundial. <laughs> He's like one of those pictures you could never, like, get a different angle of, you know? It's <laughs> oh, that would have been great. <laughs> yeah, and this is where we get that pumpkin. Fucking cool pumpkin, yeah, right? Yeah, it went from decomposed to... Fully Back formed. To, yeah. Nice reverse from the old rutted to, and it was a great symbolism, I feel, for what they're trying to do with the franchise as well. Yeah. And for like Jamie Lee Curtis's, like, you know, where we find her, where she's kind of like been left in this terrible state and she's going to be on this redemptive journey in this film. Yep. Really cool. Love it. I um, also liked that the carving, it was triangle with the little knife looking nose. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was a good little slit in there. So we're in Haddonfield and these two investigative journalists, if we're podcasters, let's just call them, are heading to Laurie Strode's house, recording while they drive to give us exposition, which drove me nuts. Yeah. <laughs> He's got his dictaphone out. Yep. Which, 
no one has a fucking dictaphone anymore but again you're trying to go for that 70s vibe and he's literally recording it while he's driving while she's just sitting next to him it's like well starters like, well you guys know that information everything you're <laughs> saying you know <laughs> and why would you do it if you had to do it when you're driving pick a time when you're not driving it's really stupid it's just for us but whatever uh, so Laurie's house is like she's gated herself in. She's putting security cameras. She's putting in like all these bolts. It seems and all these warning signs saying all the mannequins the in the front. <laughs> yeah, she made a prison for herself. They turn up. They offer her three thousand dollars, and she lets them in, as if no one in twenty years or well, forty years has offered her three thousand dollars for her story. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but we find but- out later that she needs that money in that moment. In that, oh, okay. Because well, she gives yeah. it to her granddaughter. I know, but I feel like, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like she doesn't have much money anyway. I feel like if she always needs that money, probably, or for at least a while. She might also, because she knows that he's being transferred. She knows all those things. And I think that she has this intuition that something's going to go down. So I think Mm -hmm. that she's, she, as a character, is sort of reaching her end. So she might be less guarded now. She might, you know, be more willing to tell her story. Sure. So... There are, yeah, she's got floodlights there as well, which I do like that. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. They sit down with her, have a little chit chat. I mean, she's just immediately feels so good to have Jamie Lee Curtis back. And I think uh, personally, spoilers for the end of this, but I think this is the best role I've ever seen her play. Like, I think this performance in this is so just like she doesn't give a shit. She's giving so much to it. And it's so great to see a woman her age give such a cool performance where it's not about being her age. You know, yeah. I mean, it is in terms of how long it's been, but. It's such a physical performance. It's really cool. Yeah. Love it. And she does look great because we even have like a friend who knows her personally. And I remember watching the trailer with her and she's like, she looks terrible. And oh, really? Uh, yeah. And as in like, she looks just really old and beaten up and everything in the trailer. But then you see mm-hmm. her at the Q&As. And I mean, obviously that's not what she looks like in real life, but she puts so much physicality into that role and it was yeah it was really transcendent of who she is as a person it's really good i I love every second she's on on frame there's a couple of lines later that she says which are a bit silly but i love her performance constantly what i don't love is this dude's performance when he sits down and goes so is he real the boogeyman <laughs> why we gotta say the word the boogeyman in this that's they what i just don't it. even like the phrase the boogeyman like we could just ignore right. that well, and what are you actually asking? It's like you just met Michael Myers. Yeah. So, you know, he's real. If you're an investigative journalist, <laughs> come on. But he's and then also and the, an idiot. And it's such a stupid exchange because then she goes, do you believe in the boogeyman? And he says, no. And she says, well, you should. And he just goes, okay. <laughs> Does it with this kind of nod of like, all right. You yeah. turn me around on this. <laughs> they they get they glean nothing from her in this interview that they don't nothing already know, except for environmental like characteristics that they can yeah. like then add into their podcast. They've literally just paid three thousand dollars to see what the inside of Lori Strode's house looks like. Yeah, so yeah. Be like she no, was they, very upset talking. No, to they us. paid it so that we could be introduced to her in an organic way. And I will well, say this: like for all these problems <laughs> that I'm pointing out, you know, it's our job on this podcast to point out problems. This one actually has a lot of problems, but. I like that arc. I like that idea. Let's start with these journalists with Michael Myers. Then they can lead us organically to her. And then she can lead us organically to the family. Like it's a good succession of yeah, events it was like to a lead us into the story. Way to do it for those yeah. of you who haven't seen the film. It would be like, yeah. oh, okay, this is what's going on. 
because, uh, you know, Danger had never seen it. And so we saw it. And she was like, I don't, dude, should I have seen the first one? I'm like, no, nah, you'll, you'll be fine. There's, they'll introduce it somehow. Yeah, and sure enough, by the end of it, she <clears throat> knew what was going on. That's interesting. Maybe, yeah, at the end of this, let yeah. us know how she felt overall because I'll be interested. Oh, no, she, she liked it. She was like, some of the lines were tacky, but she's like, yeah, it was, she thought it was good. Okay. Yeah. So we're learning here that Jamie's got two failed marriages, a rocky relationship with her daughter, no Joss Hartnett running around anywhere. <laughs> and uh, Michael Myers her daughter is her son <laughs> Josh Hartnett had a little sex transfer yeah. Michael Myers killed five people which I do like that's going to get called out later as yeah. it's not that bad <laughs> I mean it, it's in real life but in a context in, of yeah in Halloween world in Halloween world it's pretty good. modest it's not that yeah. many people and her daughter was 12 years old when she was taken away by child support did you know that Jack the Ripper only killed five people yeah not nuts yeah he did but, yeah, but you think he but, killed so many more though, just from the esteem and well, then you got to think about it this way: that. how many people have you killed? Good point. I don't I think that I should tell people He's on a podcast. A lot more. Yeah, because <laughs> you do it one time, you're like, "Damn, okay, you killed someone. Maybe it was an accident." Do it a second time, you're like, "All right, <laughs> there's a little bit of an this issue." This is the thing that I do now. Three the way times, that he did it too like, was a dude, bit intense. This is becoming a hobby. <laughs> and then the fourth time, you're like, like, "All right, this, this is your killer." <laughs> and then the fifth, it just solidifies you're insane. You're a mass murderer. You've killed. You get a nickname five. like Ripper. Five whole people. <laughs> Or the boogeyman. So, right. So these, uh, these podcasters want Laurie to sit down with Michael Myers and she just shows them out. Yeah, what is that supposed to Just sit with him. Have a nice little chat about a the little past. Chit-chat. A little chit-chat. It's nice, though. I do love that she's very aware. She's like, look, I'm a wreck. I'm a mess. Like, I failed my marriages. I failed my daughter and all of this stuff. And it's nice. So, yeah, the granddaughter, we learn. Uh, we're Sorry, we're now introduced to her daughter and her granddaughter, and the husband. So the granddaughter is made into, I don't know what this stuff is. It's American words. Honors something. Yeah, it's like an honor society. honor society. What is that? Yeah. What's that about? It means you're it's real a, smart. You're real smart. No. You're in like the advanced classes yeah. of... Whatever. It's based on GPA okay. and extracurricular activities and stuff like yeah. that. Blah, 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 blah. She's going to an Ivy League school. <laughs> I was an okay. NHS. There you go. And then JHS. podcast. Just so uh, <laughs> 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 my parents were real proud. Yes, I don't, and that's I, where I peaked. Had honors up, up to like biology, and they give us a duck. And then I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. And now but you I got took a free a, duck. And that was the only reason took, why. So you kidnapped a duck. <laughs> no, no. For honors biology, all, at the end of it, you get a duck. Then you're supposed to like raise it and a bit, and you could, and then you do like an basically a report on it. So I just joined just to have a duck. <laughs> yeah. And then once that was all done, I was like, I don't need no more honors classes. <laughs> but I'm taking I got the what duck. I came for. Yeah. Where and is it this got duck huge, now? man. Well, there's other ducks that lived in the creek by my house. And so he joined up with those ducks. And then I came back from gang. college once and I saw him with all the ducks. And I was like, hey, old friend. Ernie. And then I never saw. This is like uh, the Velveteen Rabbit, but real life. That is fucking amazing. Initially, I named named him Bruce, and then I found out Bruce was actually a girl, and so I was like, Bruce oh. is still kind of funny for a girl. But then I switched it to Sora. My sister's Sora. nickname is Bruce, so I think it's perfectly appropriate. Yeah, I love Kate. Uh, sorry, I love Ali that you uh, achieved all these things, and now you get to talk about Halloween three. And of here, the I that's why I said <laughs> I peaked in high school. 
our resident <laughs> expert COVID. on honors, uh, Allie. <laughs> <laughs> How accurate so, was the sash? I'm just kidding. We're also, we're also introduced <laughs> to comedy dad here. He's talking about getting peanut butter on his penis. <sighs> why? His, I didn't uh, understand <laughs> why. <laughs> Tell you why. Danny McBride. Or, yeah. Why. Yeah. But also, wasn't there something during one of the other uh, breakfasts where someone said something inappropriate? Oh, sort of. It, yeah. Wasn't there so. like a weird sexual thing? Yeah, you're going to excuse them on everything for like ruling it. Yeah. There's the father with like the stepdaughter and pa. That's pa. Yeah. So maybe they're just like, we could do something dumb there. Because he doesn't oh, repeat yeah. the same joke. Oh, daughter makes an the Rob she like says one. something about like, the teacher. Oh, and the, yeah, and the Rob Zombie one. Yeah, she's her. fingering a bagel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So now with the no, not even that one, but the the oh, that that's the, the same daughter that, that she's like, Mister Blah 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 oh, right. touches me inappropriately, right? And then her she starts making like, that is not funny. But I, I mean, I know quite a lot of people who came out of this film and wanted a criticism as well. Standing bright, it should have been funnier, and they wanted it to be funny. At this point, I'm enjoying the interjected humor. I don't know if a dad would really talk about peanut butter on his penis in front of yeah. his daughter and his wife. But it was also just like, what? <laughs> like, yeah. he didn't get it. If he got it on his pants or something, I'd be like, okay. Maybe yeah. like a really He's silly dad would on. make a stupid joke yeah, yeah. like that. It's on my crotch. Yeah. It was like, he got it on his hand and he's like, oh no, my penis. And you're just yeah. like, what? <laughs> and it's also, yeah. It's, like, it's um, so weird. And then he was like, oh, I've got to clean this peanut butter off my hand and leaves the kitchen where the sink is. <laughs> yeah. Just so we can have a private scene between the mother and the daughter. Yeah. Like, where the fuck are you going? Well, There's well, a I sink think, right there. I think he went to go change his pants because he got it on well, his, then his say penis. That. Say that line then. I gotta I got go clean my penis. my penis or something. <laughs> <laughs> he's, well, he's got to go find the dog. Jesus. <laughs> so the granddaughter wants her grandma, Lori Strode. Uh, to be there for her celebrations and the mom's lying clearly and saying yeah 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 I totally totally invited my mom don't worry about it it's, it's totes totes <laughs> isn't totally. it weird does anyone else find it weird that she calls her grandmother yes I thought that time. was so unnatural like every uh, single time there's not you, one time that she says grandma I, I call my grandmother grandmother yeah I could well in England really? yeah I guess in England. okay grandmother we're not in England we're in Illinois we're in Hawaii <laughs> No one yes. calls their grandmother in Illinois. Yeah. 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 I don't know. I thought, I thought that was strange too, Katie. I mean, in the intense scenes where she's just like, where you would shout, Grandma! Grandma! You should go, Grandma! I know. That's what I mean. It was like watching <laughs> Little Red Riding Hood walking into her house. If you're from Illinois, please email us at mail at weageeks.com. Or fuck you. Tell us what you yeah, call your grandma. Fuck you set up now. They're like, yeah, so we yeah. say grandmother. Granddaughter's Every friends time. pick her up. We're introduced to Ginny's character, Vicky, and which guy is it? Dave. 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 Okay. Oh, yeah. This guy, yeah, you don't see much of him, do you? Very kind of accurate very for a Dave. I feel like a lot of Daves are like this. Oh, his fashion door <laughs> just crazy. Like, oh, just yeah. where he's wearing that Dave, hat. Dave is just and Dave. His fucking hair. Oh, my God. <laughs> Kids these days. But yeah, they have Dave's a conversation. He's he's talking about he's like they're talking about Laurie Strode uh, being her grandma and what happened to her and he's saying hey wasn't it her brother who who did all the stuff and they're like no that was just stuff people made up who wanted to make it more interesting yeah. uh, apparently they got rid of that from this film because they were like they thought it was scarier if he had no motive and they thought giving him that motive made him less scary yeah 
But he has a motive, clearly, because he's clearly just after her. Like, that's what he wants. Like, he'll kill everyone in this. He's, he's more than ever before. This is Michael Myers killing everyone other than babies. But he is Spoiler. definitely after Laurie Strode. <laughs> wow. What a spoiler. Well, there goes the podcast. Let's uh, wrap it up. Stango <laughs> the baby killing podcast. And the boyfriend's also calling out to, by today's standards, five people isn't that bad. But then they shame him for it. So I think this is them kind of getting some exposition out of the way and getting out of the way. Yes, we know what you're thinking. We're taking it back to that, which means he's only killed five, which yeah. makes him not as much of a legend. But hey, it's very upsetting to these people. And I do appreciate that. They are trying to, uh, at this point at least, deal with yeah that real life trauma of what that feels like. And I definitely get it from Jamie Lee Curtis. And you get her estranged daughter and you get her granddaughter who would then want to be like, hey, why is my family estranged? Can't we all just get along? And It's a good three generational tier of stuff. Yeah, and then we... Okay, so then they're in, they blow up a little pumpkin. Then we're at school. What a weird transition, by the way. They were like, yeah. serious talk. Hey, you guys want to see me blow up something? Anyway. Okay. Yeah. I know. It's kind <laughs> of awkward. Oh my God, he's like both. totally going to do it. I know he's like something yeah, crazy. Really I know. Crazy. Like, and and it there's a lot really... of stuff in here that's clearly ad-libbed. And it's yeah. like, uh, I don't know if that works. For the size <laughs> of that firework, what a tiny-ass explosion. <laughs> I thought it was going to be super loud. And it was going to blow the shit out of that stuff. Yeah. And it didn't. It was nope. just like, bloop. But no, that seems definitely just a, hey, let's do this exposition. All right, let's get out and just move on. Because <laughs> otherwise you would just cut straight to this school. So they're at school. We get the comedy, of course, slightly chubby friend. He's got to be the slightly chubby one. Mm-hmm. Everyone's dressed like it's the 70s walking around, which yep. I let go because I love the look of the 70s. So I'm happy it looks that great. But it is bewildering. Why in 2018, any kid would dress how anybody dresses in this film. To be I'm fair, sorry, that's coming there's back. There's a lot of people that dress that way now. It's not very... like, no, not like this film. You really pay no, attention to No, no, not to like the... every single person, but I'm saying. It, yeah, you would get like one person yeah. maybe who's like, oh, that's the 70s kid or whatever. But I this think is everybody in this school. And every kid running down the streets later, like they're all wearing 70s jumpers and 70s like, and right now, everywhere you go, it's like, it's 90s, 80s and 90s still. And they're wearing like those fucking air sprayed wolf t-shirts that we're all ashamed of wearing in the early 90s. Like I keep seeing people wearing those like nature things now. Like Like, Flight of the Concords. I love when they do that. Yeah. (laughs) I haven't seen anybody looking like they do in this film, but I love the style, so I'm happy to, you know, whatever. It's like Danny McBride said, this is an alternative reality, so sure. Yeah, we're in class. We're doing, uh, of course, lots of mirrors to the first film throughout. Talking about fate. Yeah, we're getting Frankel's interpretation, which is a different one. The first film actually had a fake philosopher. This one's a real philosopher. And they're talking about... So I'm trying to find, there's a quote here. So it's Viktor Frankl, who was a Holocaust survivor. Um, and it's, it's from his work, Man's Search for Meaning. And the full thing that they're talking about, so I'm just going to read out, is the way in which a man accepts his fate and all the suffering it entails, the way in which he takes up his cross, gives him ample opportunity, even under the most difficult circumstances, to add a deeper meaning to his life. Here lies the chance for a man either to make use of or to forego the opportunities of attaining the moral values that a difficult situation may afford him. And this decides whether he is worthy of his sufferings or not. Which is very clearly laying out Laurie Strode's and what she's going to be doing in right. this film. Uh, which are great. I love that they're keeping that tradition. Yeah. Also yeah. keeping tradition of looking out of windows okay. and seeing yeah. someone standing there. <laughs> and it's got a laugh both times. It's got I a laugh it. in yeah. Fantastic Only Fest. Only and me saw night. this. We laughed. No one else laughed. <laughs> no one else laughed? No one else no. got that? I mean, I we know. didn't have that many people. I know. But, but I guess they were not true fans to laugh at yeah. that. Yeah, oh, I was like, 
I popped yep, woos and yeahs because no one else really was from the old times. In the old times. Uh, I love it. It's pretty strong. It was really cool. Yeah, Lori Strode just standing out there watching her grandmother. Nor- like, as if seeing her grandmother outside of her school is very normal. She doesn't have any reaction. She well, to be fair, you can't them in she, They introduce her as like kind of a weirdo. So she's like, oh, there she goes again, just showing up. Yeah. Grandma. I love the relationship between the granddaughter, though, and her. I think their mm-hmm. relationship is really interesting and cool. And yeah, they're kind of they're both pretty candid with each other while showing look, we, we love each other, but we're not going to bullshit each other. Right. Yeah. Which I think is pretty great. Yeah. And then we cut to she's trying to give us some money and it doesn't really matter. Whatever. Uh, then we cut to a shooting range back at Jamie Lee Curtis's house. We're oh. learning that she can well, kick Well, she tells her ass. grandmother, like, you should get over it. Yeah. Say goodbye yeah. to Michael. And then she's like, that's true. Like we said, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> yeah. Yep, yep. But it eats away at her. It eats away at Jamie Lee Curtis. Is anyone else liking this uh, actress? The Allison actress? Not really. She's fine. She spells she her name the right way, so that's exciting. <laughs> <laughs> she's not bad, but she's not exciting. I'm just like... Yeah. She's not someone who I'm watching and going, oh, you're you're totally, you know, you're the wrong person for this. You're not matching up against Jamie, but I'm not, nothing about it makes me excited. Like no. if it was just, if this film rested on her shoulders, then no. I'd yeah. was, be a bit she was weird. not in the honor society of Halloween for me. Yeah. No. She was no. like, Daniel Harris solid is a kid. NHS, a National Halloween Society. <laughs> she hasn't been in that much, actually. Surprisingly, she's quite a new actress right um so from all the faces they have in this i'm not sure if that was a proper you know considered decision or if whatever mm. but no i mean she's all, she's all right isn't she i mean she's all right as the background character as like the granddaughter for me it's more of a problem when we get to the scenes where they're the leads where it's about the teenagers you know yeah so yeah the journalists a podcasters are listening to dr loomis say some stuff we never heard him say and of course it's a sound alike and I think to hope probably all of our fresh ears from watching all of these does not sound at all like Loomis to me. Oh, don't, never mind. <laughs> just sounds like someone <laughs> trying to be Loomis. It's when he says the evil line, I'm like, nope, don't try, Wrong. don't try and even do it. Don't try and do it, motherfucker. Yeah, but um, Michael Myers is being, yeah, he's actually, I think the reason they have this is because they're saying in this Dr. Loomis's advice to everyone was you need to kill him. You need to separate his body burn him he's like a vampire basically yeah. use well, silver like bullets wooden stakes travel back together <laughs> blow him up bury him like, blow yeah, him up again too. <laughs> and throw him into a lava pit put him in a spacecraft <laughs> send him out yeah show yeah. in the volcano his ex. oh they should do it he should say that in it and then we could get michael myers x next in space <laughs> halloween he's, x he's being transferred Laurie, that's how they could get the best crossover. They gradually send them all into space and they all crash land on Earth too. Oh my God. <laughs> space. With Jason's down there. Michael's down there. Oh my God. All hanging out on the same planet. Laurie waiting outside as he's being transferred. And I love this as well. So I question to you guys. She's sitting there with the gun in the car. Mm-hmm. If I were her, I would then follow him. What I'd be there is like, the intention is you're either there to follow him or you're there maybe to kill him. She has the gun. Is she thinking of killing him? Because she doesn't follow him. She is thinking of killing him because she brings that up when she goes to meet the family at dinner. Right. She's like, I went to kill him and then I didn't kill him. Okay. How would she have? She would have to have stormed a bus leaving a prison. Well, I mean, she's got pretty good aim. So she was probably going to wait to see him walking into the bus and shoot him before he got on it. 
They're no bulletproof buses, you know? Oh. Not that bus. No, no, not that no. bus. But also, I w- was imagining she was going to shoot him before he got onto the bus, like as he was well, walking. Yeah, to but the they bus. load them up inside the Brit Light. There's no, she couldn't. I think she was going to, I thought she was going to pull one of those like fast and furious, stop in front of the car, <laughs> get out, <laughs> shoot. My thinking blazing. was that she was there to make sure that he got on the bus. But then oh, I got confused yeah. because I was thinking that it was weird that she doesn't follow the bus to make sure that it arrives where it's meant to go. Yeah. I think even if you didn't kill him, you would follow that bus to make yeah. sure he fucking gets where he's got to go to. Yeah. For sure. Could you wait well, it she, 40 the years? The other Halloween movies haven't, haven't happened, so she doesn't know he's going to break off of the bus. <laughs> That's true. That's true. That's true. We know. She seems pretty sure that something's going to happen, though. Like, you fucking follow that bus. But instead, she watches him leave. Really nice performance from her. And the doctor's insisting on going with him. And this is going to raise more questions, but we'll get to that later. But I do think it's worth noting he's insisting. He's, like, making a point of saying this isn't normal, but I have to be there with him. Yeah. He's under my care until he arrives at his new destination. I must <laughs> yeah. be there. Feel his doctor. So then we're with at the you know the granddaughter and her family and she's got a boyfriend there and they're meeting him for the first time. I have more questions to do with his father. I'm like, how the fuck did he raise a kid? Because he's just like a teenager. He's ridiculous. Yeah. He's a cool dad. <laughs> yeah, he's like a regular dad, dad but a cool dad. It was almost as better on my penis. They literally had like an outline, and then they were like, just ad lib it, dude. Like, you, oh, you absolutely. Got this. <laughs> and he just ad libbed the whole entire thing. There's so much ad-libbing in this. There really is. And sometimes it works and sometimes yeah. it really doesn't. It's like, it's really hit or miss with this guy. Yeah. Well, it's only awkward when so many of them, their only response is just kind of laugh and be like mm. curious as to why he just said what he said. Are we and in order to ad-lib take? successfully, you have to have a response that validates mm-hmm. what you just said. And there's so many times <laughs> that he says something really funny, but just completely off topic. And then the rest of the table just would go dead. But they'd yeah. be like, huh, which if he was huh. like that all the time, you'd be used to him and you'd have ways of shutting him down as yeah. a family. <laughs> yeah. Just, yeah. But no. What I do like, I didn't notice until I was looking up some trivia on this. I don't know if you guys noticed. So her boyfriend, they talk about his dad a bit. And I was like, well, that's weird. Why do they talk about his dad? Uh, he's called Lonnie Ellum. And apparently he is the character. Uh, so yeah, her, her father apparently used to trip balls with him out in the woods. Lonnie is the character who was teasing Tommy Doyle in the original film. Mm. And then he's also the one who gets dead to approach the haunted Michael Myers house before Dr. Loomis screams at them from a bush and oh, right. freaks them out. Uh, so he's that little kid. But we don't actually see him in this film. We just like... There you get to David Dupayote. Yeah. Trip balls. <laughs> Trip balls. Again, just how are you a father? <laughs> yeah. The daughter is lying about Laurie again when she's when granddaughter's like, did you ask grandma to come? She's like, yeah, yeah, I totally did. She we had a nice to chat today. <laughs> really bad at lying well and she shows up so up. i assumed like oh maybe she did tell her yeah how would no, she know her to daughter go to that says that she called her yeah allison says that she called her and because when she's talking to her friends when they're walking to school she's like i know my mom's lying because i called my grandma and she's just didn't know anything about the thing to oh, so, oh so it's so she told her understood that allison told her where to go I, yeah which then she's probably like, ah, oh, sh- shit, how'd this work out? Oh, shit, you have her phone number? Laurie Strode, uh, like Jamie Lee Curtis in this scene is so fucking good. She uh, steals sort of the show breakdown. every time she walks onto the scene, though. It's so, it's just like, boom. Her breakdown's amazing at this so time. So good. Yeah. Really good. Love it. I've written down in my scribbly notes here, Jamie Lee Curtis is amazing. 
and someone is getting high in my cinema. <laughs> <laughs> All that talk of tripping I, balls. I guess you didn't get the. <laughs> yeah. There's they're probably doing like a game. They're like, oh, every time Jamie shows every up, time, every time Jamie Lee Curtis is amazing. Take a hit. Up. Take a big hit. The mother, like, I, I do like, again, the relationship between these three generations of women. Laurie's Fred leaves and the mother's outside using that breakdown as validation to her daughter. See, this is what I had to grow up with. This right. is why yeah. we can't have her around. Uh, and then she starts talking about her childhood and she starts talking about how she was trained. And we get flashbacks, which I was not expecting, to her as a kid learning all this stuff before she was taken away at 12, being prepared. And this is the first thing where for me it's like, okay, she's going to kick some ass later. We're right. setting up that this docile mum... Which yeah. seems very mumsy. They are trained. Yeah. yeah. She seems like a Pinterest girl, you know? It's like she's going to be kicking some fucking ass later on. Yeah. And little known fact for everyone, I had a very similar haircut when I was 12. Did you really? <laughs> yeah. And similar training probably as well. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. I did not etch my initials into any guns though, which oh. now should have done the evidence. Should have done it. <laughs> So now we cut to a father and son going hunting, which the first time I watched this for the first 20 seconds, I was unsure of the relationship between them. A little kid. He (laughs) almost steals it from the other kid later on. This kid is fantastic. All the children actors. Yeah. Yeah. They're on point. Yeah. It was really weird to begin with because this guy does not look like this kid's father at all. He looks like he's kidnapped him. Yeah. And the kid's going... (laughs) Look, I'll go to the woods with you at night, but I'd rather be in dance class. Yeah. Once he said dance, everyone started laughing. Like, this is amazing. Dad, dad, I love you, but... It's like my thing right I, now. It's, it's my thing. <laughs> really into uh, it. But don't you want to go outdoors and the fish? And, yeah, yeah, we could do that once a weekend. <laughs> Both times I watched this film, I swear to God I'm hearing it wrong. But the little kid, when he then... His last line, just before they like nearly crash and stop the car is when the father's like challenging about the dancing and he says yeah it really gets me hard <laughs> swear to god that's what the little kid says and i don't know what else he could be saying and then this time i was like listening out for it going i must have misheard the first time but it sounds still like that i did not uh, catch that i did not I catch either. that so if anybody else has picked up please email us so now that we <laughs> please assure me that that's not what this kid's saying but again i feel there's ad-libbing stuff and i feel like if you say something like that david golden green dan daniel bride be fucking hilarious leave it in <laughs> if he yeah. gets it high or just really gets, gets me. me high yeah I don't know. it gets my heart oh <laughs> yeah maybe gets me high i don't know i don't even remember a line gets like that hard. standing yeah. out so so, yeah, they screech to the stop. They come across, of course, a transfer bus. I appreciate, appreciate we haven't seen the breakout in this one. It's kind of nice to come across it yeah. as it's happened. Right. Uh, all these, all the escapees are just wandering around, yeah, kind of like the first film. Yeah. That's cool. It's, it's nice. eerie. Yeah. Uh, and then the boy does the right thing. He rings the cops straight away while the dad walks off and disappears. And then the boy has to go off. So we really, it's, we're quite a long way into the film. And this is our first point of getting any spookies mm-hmm. happening. It, I mean, this is initial stuff. The kid's walking around. He's trying to, like, you know, find his dad. He goes into the bus. He accidentally shoots the doctor. Which is hilarious. <laughs> Why did the doctor just go, don't shoot, and then no. come up? The cop going, grabbing his leg was the first time Alina got our road shut Kicked. from the guy behind us. <laughs> so people are still going to ask, are people in cinemas that they react to this stuff? Is this spooky? Because yeah. I'm not finding any of this spooky. I think it looks great. Yeah. It's all people the jump don't. scares, though, of just, like, yeah. okay. loud noise, okay. fast action. 
Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what did get people in my cinema was then, and this is when they started the fucking talking properly, <laughs> was when he goes back to the car and then Michael Myers is in the back seat like he is in the first Halloween and then strangles the kid yeah. and breaks his neck and kills him. Yeah. Which was a shocker, I think, for most people. Yeah. yeah I was like, like oh, he killed a kid. But I was like, but that kid did shoot someone. So it does balance out. Justice. Like I was already killing people when I was your age. You deserve <laughs> to die. I mean, I do think they're going out of the way in this one to establish, while I know Danny McBride saying, look, I want to make him more understandable and human, I think they're really going out of the way to say, no, he's, he will kill anybody. Mm-hmm. Again, other than baby babies. But he's, he's not a nice guy. And he's way more malicious in this one, as we're going to get to with the teeth. So yeah, cops turn up. Uh, we've got, what's his face? Who's that dude? Armageddon, man. I forgot his name now. Will Patton. Yeah. Will Patton. I love Will. this guy. I think he's great. Will oh, Patton. Okay. Very likable. Nice character in this. Gets to see a nice neck break of one of the uh, victims. Like yeah, that the was bus. a creepy shot. It was cool. Yeah, it's pretty creepy. And the doctor's still alive. October 31st, otherwise known as Halloween. Halloween. Christmas. Oh, shit. <laughs> graveyard. So we're getting a traditional graveyard scene. Same panning shot, basically, through it as well, as the podcasters are being led to Judith Myers's. A uh, gravestone, but it's still there in this one. Nothing has been removed. Very happy about that. Yeah. And then we get flashbacks, which are actually clips from the first film, which yeah. I was not expecting at this point in the movie. And also, the only boobs you're going to see in this movie, because this movie's got more class. Yeah. So, <laughs> enjoy them while you can. Now, while they're showing these flashbacks, they're describing what happened. Again, talking into his fucking dictaphone, describing stuff which they all know. It's like, this is not how any of this works. But they're saying stuff which isn't true as well. He's like, yeah. stabbed her in the back scraping her spinal cord and then she turned around like yeah. no as we watch it happen as we're like as no, yeah, exactly. you just said is yeah. inaccurate they are very bad you can just fix that with voiceover you're not even showing them I know it's just how do you not catch that and take that out it's, it's fucking weird I don't know it's, it's yeah. not like it's even necessary it doesn't even add anything no to anything no um, very strange I guess but maybe yeah, just to tell people who haven't seen the first one yeah. what you yeah, know, but why would you say this stuff at the back? Like that, ad, that sentence adds nothing. I don't know. She turned around and he stabs her. And she yeah, I'm really like this. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, I know. No. I mean, to be honest, that's the worst bit to show for the first film because that bit's the silly looking bit of the yeah. first film. Everything else looks fantastic. I'm really hating these podcasters at this point. Yeah. I really am. I'm just hoping they're not going to stick around for too long. <laughs> Probably don't have a lot of followers. I was kind of surprised <laughs> we went back to them, to be honest. I was kind of just like, I don't... I thought they kind of introduced us and then we didn't. I've forgotten all about them. They've got the mask. So you don't remember seeing her in the trailer in the bathroom? I do, but I, I honestly, I tried not to watch much of the trailers because I wanted, like, I was so excited. I can't tell you how excited I was for this film. So I like to avoid as much as I can. The cop is with, now I don't really know who this person is because the cop's called Sheriff at one point, but then this guy's called Sheriff and he looked like a mayor to me. Cowboy hat man. <laughs> Sheriff mayor. Yeah. Which I feel was a nod to things in Halloween Curse of Michael Myers. This is, feels like a nod to the Thorn Society. Yeah, he definitely feels him. like he's from Thorn. <laughs> what is he? Is he is he a mayor or a sheriff? Do you think? Might just be I a deputy. Don't know. Okay, okay. We're getting a bit of a Jaws kind oh, of situation. He, oh, I was gonna say, is he like a? But they're not in Texas. I was like, is he a ranger? Mm, no, not in Texas. Uh, yeah, so they're figuring out Michael Myers has broken out. And yeah, the guy's basically like, what are we going to do? Cancel Halloween? It just walks off laughing. Yeah. Oh, I think he's a detective. <laughs> oh, 
Yeah. Maybe. Because you have yeah, the sheriff's detective. department and then you have like detectives. Right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Maybe. So the journalists, I think, are leaving Haddonfield. I'm guessing they've given up and are on their way out. We're reestablishing that they've got the mask and the boot. And then they stop at a little gas station. The lady goes to the ladies' lounge, which I like. It's the name on the toilet door. <laughs> um, and we get a little nod to H2O in this one. So, yeah, she's in the restroom. Michael Myers comes in. Now, my question is, why? Is it just because, you know, he could sense them when they talk to him and he wanted to get... He just happens to run into them and he wanted vengeance. Was he following them some magical way like why would he want to go and terrorize her like i appreciate he wants to maybe get the mask but she didn't have it right she's just gone to the toilet when you go for the person who's pumping gas in the car with the yeah. keys to open the truck Has he, is he just a fan of h2o like we are and wants to recreate <laughs> he uh, really likes bathrooms. Scenes. I'm confused about why he does all this, but he's just much more malicious in this film. He's going yeah. out of his well, way to be I mean think to people. He needed to use the restroom and he saw that all the toilets were like used and then she was in the only one that he wanted to use that was clean. So <laughs> Yeah, he, he opened waited. the others and yeah, he we, see her. we see her do we see her do that thing which is like we don't actually see the toilets because they didn't bother with the production on it. But she's like looking in toilets and going, Oh, oh so maybe because he, his feet do the same thing. Yeah. So maybe yeah. if you saw his facial reaction be, Oh fuck though. Yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna and go in there. She's like, "Sorry, someone's in here." Gosh, and then she took a long time. It's like, yeah, she cal she calms right down too. As soon as oh, yeah. this guy shakes, you can see someone staring into the thing, and I'm like, if this was me, I would not just be like, "Oh, just a minute," and then just keep sitting there all perkily. I would be, yeah. "I'm done." It's all and you'd yours. You text your friend immediately as well. Yeah, to be like, some creepy shit yeah. is happening. Yeah. But yeah, a friend then does go look in, well, he goes to pay and finds the gas attendants are dead and doesn't decide to call the cops uh, immediately or to scream for all the other people who must be outside in the daylight gas, you know, whatever. <laughs> there was nope. that woman in the van who tried to tell him. I don't know what the fuck is going on with her either. Like we have that weird thing and he she just used throws her eyes and like pointed in his direction. Yeah, but do something. I don't, <laughs> like, I don't understand. After that, she's probably like, peace out. Well, he, he fucking throws her the peace out sign, which again is they're trying to pretend they're in the 70s because nobody oh, okay. is throwing the peace out sign. I was very confused by that. I, I just assumed she was trying to be like, sketchy dude right there, be careful, and then left. It's fucking weird. I don't understand. Yeah, and then Michael Myers terrorizes her and then he, he drops teeth. Again, why? I mean, and he does this a lot in this why film. Not? This is a Michael Myers who goes out of his way to set up spooky things for people. Like he is MacGyvering things and like later on putting yeah. torches inside people's heads that must be hollowed out like he's doing yeah. crazy shit i think he was <laughs> like <laughs> trying to w flush him down the toilet or something <laughs> and he was just like mm, maybe it's trading yeah i'll it's give like, you these for the bathroom stall here's my tokens <laughs> yeah he's like since you're busy can you just do what i needed to come in and do for me thank you yeah. bye but i like this build i think it's cool uh, the action when it kicks off though and he goes after and he's like dragging her there's a bit of a lack of, it's a little lethargic. There's a bit of a lack of real energy for me with, with how she's like clambering away and how he's pulling her. Because as soon as he gets a leg, yeah, this is a huge dude. Like he would just pull her out yeah. like violently, you know? Like I feel Rob Zombie would actually do these scenes better. And then, yeah, her friend, her friend runs in. I do like, guy comes in. Yeah, sorry. Michael Myers then like, I don't know if he kills him fully. Do we see him again? Because he sort no. of seems to kill him, but then he's sort of you still alive. You see him alive. be put in a body bag later. Okay. 
Um, and then the music begins here. And I like it's crept in a couple of times, like the piano's begun to creep in, but not properly. This is where the music really comes in. I like that. I like that it's like as Michael Myers is getting back to his old self. Yeah. The music yeah. comes more into focus. And he strangles a girl, kills her. And I really think this is a dumb shot as he, we have to see Michael Myers opening the boot of a car to get a mask out of it. Yeah. And again, you go, it's necessary, but you go, and they also made all of this up. But it's not necessary. We see it in the boot earlier. So obviously we're going to assume that's where he got it. Yeah. Just start with it in his hands. Yeah. Just for, is there some, I don't know why there's something about him opening the boot that just looks silly. I don't, I think (laughs) it's because they're trying to make it such a big moment with the music. And it looks cool when he puts like, the mask he's Michael on. Michael Myers it? doesn't need to do things like open a trunk. Yeah, he would press the double button on the you know yeah. remote that makes the boot just open by itself. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but if you're Michael Myers, things open for you. I just want to watch you. Michael Myers trying to figure out how to open the boot on someone else's car because it's like sometimes it's that little button in the back <laughs> yeah. and then other times it's by the front driver's seat but then other yeah. times it's on the other side of the driver's seat like, sometimes it's on the it. front dash and you're like where the fuck is it i just need while to- he's left four dead bodies yeah. in this gas station that no one else apparently is going to try and pay or going to no. the shop or going to the garage or anything or called the cops or anything I have to say though cool looking mask how do Super you guys cool. feel about this yeah it's an awesome yeah. mask it's like, it's not got, I mean, the Rob Zombie one's really fucking cool when it's all patched up and Chucky sort of style. That one looks more evil, but this one's nice because it's going back to that elegant original one, but it's got yeah. this sort of, Just it's meant to be. and tattered and. Yeah, because it's, it's meant to like be the same one. blood on it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, so to be, yeah, to be fair to people who are making this said they actually, you know, found the original mask uh, that Dick Castle, you know, Dick Warlock, sorry, had sold ages ago and it's completely deteriorated. Like it doesn't, you know stand the test of time yeah Um, that rubber would melt yeah but this is a nice way i think of making it look worn but not you know not too much next morning laurie hears the news that michael myers has escaped oh she's making some strawberry milk these nice little touches (laughs) yeah (laughs) nice yeah i saw that too i was like "Mm, i could go for some strawberry milk right now right i don't think i've ever had strawberry milk sounds great unless it's syrupy we're learning here that she's got this safe room that is hidden underneath the kitchen counter. Pretty cool. People were sniggering in my cinema. It's like, pay some fucking respect. <laughs> I, thought, I find it totally believable. Like, well, they've painted her. This is who her character is. Yeah. yeah. I've, met, I've met some Americans who would do this. Like, it's not that crazy. Like, it's yeah. Pretty- we had a hidden wall in my dad's house that he built himself that was the gun room. We had a hidden room, And there was a secret too. button, and the wall would literally shift, and it looked like a bookcase. And he was so fucking proud of himself for that. He thought he was like As he should be, that's Sherlock. Fucking <laughs> and he then thought the he was so jammed cool. and the guns are sealed away for nope. all of eternity. People were laughing later in this film when she shows her collection of guns. I'm like, that is the most realistic thing in this. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. Uh, so the dad comes home, the door is open. Spooked out. But guess what? It's just Laurie there on a ramp frustrated i get really frustrated when people don't just say use their words she's there with a daughter who's like saying what the fuck are you doing like why are you going crazy and she just like says things like the bus crashed we gotta go but doesn't give any context doesn't say oh michael myers has escaped it's on the news like that's all you need to say yeah but i I think it's supposed to be that she's just so frantic and just her trauma is kicking in where she can't really Make yeah, yeah, it makes sense. That's why they're just like, hey, crazy, 
crazy grandma here. All right, boss. It, see you it later. It just feels like a rider, though, when you're like, all right, what would yeah. Lori do? She'd go to get them. But we're not at that point in the story yet where we want them to move because we need to tell a bit more in Haddonfield. So right. then you have to have them ignore her. And it's such a horror trope. And it's just like, no, just listen to the person who's clearly distressed and use your words. Yeah. Uh, take, the cop. Take the gun. Take the gun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The cop is great, though. He goes to... Yeah, sorry, he... Bumps into Laurie. We find out he was there that night. He was the first cop that turned up yeah. to arrest Michael Myers after he didn't disappear at the end of the first movie. Um, so this is the closest we get to the missing gap. There's like a missing scene that we never got to see. And they could have just thrown something in here, couldn't they? Like, how easy would it have been? Just an extra couple of sentences of just, you know, saying like he got away. but then Yeah, even like him. when they caught him. Yeah. Just like after Dr. Loomis had like, you know, like yeah, after after they've shot him off the balcony and he disappeared, and then we've like found him also, in this place. So don't they also say that he's the cop who talked Loomis out of killing him? Yeah, they do. Yeah, that's why it made me feel like. And also, he had like a burn scar on his face. So I was like, are they taking the ending of number two? No, that's yeah, I thought that too, but they're not. Yeah, so it was like, it was very confusing. It was very confusing. And again, when you look at something, you go, "Oh, the lore of this is fucked." Please don't make it more fucked. <laughs> Have a clean start if you need to, or follow on from something properly. Like, don't, like, it's really crazy. But yeah, he was out at night. Halloween, kids are out. And this is where we're going to get into what you'd expect from a Halloween film spooky Halloween murders. So we had the single shot scene, which was used a lot in the trailer, even though they had to cut it up for the trailer, obviously. And we get a lot of nods in this. We're going to get a nod to Halloween 2 of the lady at the beginning making her ham sandwich. Yep. There's a lady yeah. here making a ham sandwich. Well, even before then, you get the little boy I that shot runs him into him six times. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> the little boy runs into him. Michael Myers, yeah, walks into this woman's house. He kills her with a hammer. Takes her kitchen blade. Walks out of there. Walks down the street. There's a couple like a doesn't woman in kill a, the baby. No, doesn't kill baby. Woman in a sexy nurse outfit with a guy in a doctor's outfit are driving off. He then like goes into this other house where someone's on the phone being warned by their friend that there's a killer on the loose. So then she starts looking out the window. Which a lot of people in this film are doing where they're looking and waiting for Michael Myers to kill them. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of people just waiting just too long. As in, you know, as an actor, you've been directed as just wait there. Wait, they're going to come up, up behind you. you. Yeah. yeah. It happens again later. Later, yeah. later, later. For sure. However, there's a single shot scene uh, or supposedly they have to do something like that, obviously, because of the classic single shot from the first film. It's great. Like, I love it. And what it opened up to me the first time I watched this film is it got me really excited because suddenly I was like, oh, what if this Michael Myers, they've shown him as being more malicious. What if this one's just going to fucking kill everyone? Because in the first film, he's pretty polite. He's like, you know, he's like observing people and creeping people out and then Once occasionally body kills. counts go up. Yeah. I'm like, in this one, how great would it be then if he's just going to go from house to house to house to house to house? But this is the extent that we get of it. He kills two people um, in this scene. Right. But it looks cool and it's shot really beautifully. But uh, it just opened up a whole different thing for me. I thought, I thought maybe this movie's going to go to that. Maybe it's going to be now he just works his way down this street. And the escalation of that, of like, what if he is sort of immortal? And then cops turn up and then they can't yeah. take him out. And then it just goes fucking insane, you know? But no, it's not what happens. It's an excuse for a very cool shot. You guys enjoy this? Yeah, I thought it was cool. I like the, especially when he walks past the back light and the shadow gets projected yeah, onto the house. along the side. Yeah, that was a nice touch. It's cool. Yeah. <clears throat> But again, yeah, I don't know why. I don't know why he picks these houses. I don't know why he kills these Yeah, people. I think I enjoyed the shots for themselves, but I didn't really appreciate 
the mentality behind them or I felt that there wasn't much thought put into them. I just thought yeah. it was kind of senseless. In the context of the film. Yeah, it was kind of this this someone who had this idea for a kill and they thought that it would look cool and so they were like, just put it in or we'll shoot it and see if we want to take it out later. And so it kind of just felt a little disjointed from his character. Yeah, I so, agree. But I thought it looked really cool. Like the yeah. through the throat kill was cool. Uh-huh. Yeah, ham sandwich the throwback was screen. nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, granddaughter and friends, they're at the whatever party. Is this a school party? Yeah. I don't know. School Halloween. School yeah. Halloween. Halloween. God damn. Parties and films, right? I mean, we've got a fucking DJ who's got DJ decks inside. I have Frankenstein. You've got cheerleader girls dressed up as things doing dancing. Yeah, oh, that was like, weird. Oh, this is a fucking crazy ass party. I don't yeah. Know. I did not go to a school like this. Neither did I. <laughs> So Jenny is babysitting a fucking cool kid. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I love Which got this relationship. one of the biggest reactions at Fantastic Fest. Yeah. And so many people calling out this kid is just amazing. He's yeah. awesome. Uh, which he is. Uh, she's ignoring a call from... Sorry, we're cutting back and forth. The granddaughter's ignoring a call from Laurie Strode, who's clearly yeah, trying to warn her about stuff. And then Ginny and this kid have this incredible scene. Clearly, it's all ad-libbed. Like, like obviously, <laughs> it's all ad-libbed. Uh, you can tell from the editing because they keep moving positions that they're sitting sitting on the sofas yeah, to like right. completely different positions. But it just works so well. Like he's just really funny, and she plays off him really well. And mm-hmm. it's, like, it's sweet and funny, and and kind of like again, I love these scenes, but I don't know in the context of the movie. It's like I feel like I'm on Laurie Strode's journey, and then suddenly at this point, you're shoved into no, this is also a teenager's film. Yeah, and I feel any other film. Would have gone okay. Laurie Strode's there, but she's the token person. We're really about the te- the new generation dealing with Michael Myers, and I think that's less interesting. I've been very interested in. Oh no, this is about a grandmother dealing with this, you know, post traumatic stress. Mm-hmm. So I'm loving this scene, but I'm also like, okay, I'm, I was worried that first time. Like, where is this film going now? Is it gonna turn into a teen slasher? Because I want to get back to Laurie Strode, see what's going on. But yeah, it's a funny scene. So yeah. The granddaughter kind of then comes back from a phone call. She's been away for, what, a minute? Yeah. <laughs> and her boyfriend is now wasted, apparently. <laughs> yeah, And so making fast. out with sexy tiger girl. That's what happens <laughs> when you put on pantyhose. Cuts off circulation to your brain. You get drunk very quickly. <laughs> yeah. Come for a minute. It's ridiculous. So she's all pissed because he's drinking. And I love the look that the sexy tiger girl gives him when he walks off. Like, yeah. <laughs> she just folds her arms and is just like... I don't, I was giving no acting direction, but look like a sexy cat. I'm a sexy ben, Bengal, Bengal. Uh, so yeah, she's all pissed with her boyfriend and he throws her phone into pudding. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, your phone's not Something. ruined. You could it's still ringing. Yeah, yeah it's like, still ringing. Yeah. It's Eat not water. To get yeah. to the phone. Admittedly, challenge. this scene is her best acting in this whole film, I think. It is, yeah. Yeah. Like she actually gives a realistic reaction to that girl of her personality reacting to her first kind of dealings with yeah. dickhead boyfriends. Yeah. So. Well, which also he becomes a dickhead in that scene. It's right. like because that girl clearly kisses him and Obviously. then he actually pulls away. And sure, maybe he could have pulled away a bit quicker, whatever. But the conversation they then have is like he's just like starts lying to her. He's like, oh, she just whispered to me in my yeah. ear. And then he's a dick to her and then throws her phone in and put it. like, dude, you might have been okay. Like, yeah. it wasn't yeah. like, I like, like really. Let's go. She kissed me. 
And I'm a little tipsy. And it's I'm not drunk, a big deal. so my, and I my like motor cats. skills are not as fast as usual. <laughs> I would have pulled away faster. Yeah. You know how much I liked National Geographic. It was really weird. <laughs> I thought it was you. My favorite musical. <laughs> I thought it was you. <laughs> He's in a costume. I, always, I don't know. I always like Mystifolis. <laughs> All girls look the same on Halloween. I don't know. All girls look the same. I'm drunk. <laughs> Oh boy! Yeah, so she walks out. Of course, funny, funny friend is is just in love with on her and is like, doing. yeah, just watching them the whole time. Laurie Strode is patrolling. She's looking around, trying to find. I don't know if it's Michael Myers or the daughter or whatever, but she's trying to find somebody. She's looking for something. So then Ginny's boyfriend uh, turns up. I'm so happy he's not wearing the hat anymore. Very <laughs> <laughs> upsetting me. Wait, it's the same friend from the beginning, right? Yeah, yeah. it's okay. the one who boyfriend. puts the bombs in the I thought he was just like a friend they were like we're just three best friends yeah at the beginning it seems that way and then apparently it's her boyfriend yeah because she is so getting dry humped apparently or dry fucked yeah but he got a tattoo I thought because they were gonna have sex but then she immediately says we're not having sex dry fucked yeah Yeah. I'm physically confused I just assumed it was like a funny line that the character would be like oh we're actually gonna have sex but i'm just gonna tell you you're getting dry fucked oh yeah i don't, I don't know. know i don't know wasn't the best line but. yeah i was sorry i thought she said dry humped i was like yeah it's like okay pretty sure i've written down dry <laughs> fucked i don't know yeah they hear a noise so she sends him to look and then a the kid comes running down in a little fake scare and, and tells him there's someone in his room and to send dave and not for her to go yeah. up there, which I like. send dave yeah. first I like I like you. What I don't like is a stupid fucking fake scene from her when she's hidden around the corner and we have to these stupid scenes she's like Oh, these guys me, behind us were me, fucking sir. freaked out. Yeah. No. By that. no, they were Fuck off. Yeah. They were loving she Jenny. The I could overhear them and they were like, Oh, she's great. What else is she in? <laughs> oh yeah. And they were just like having this little mini conversation and every time Jenny came on the screen, like, Yeah, she's great. She's just great. And I was like, <laughs> Like you guys have a realistic chance here. What is what is happening? But yeah, when she was yeah. like, "Excuse me, sir," and one of them's like, <gasps> "How would you? Nobody the in the world. If you go into your kid's bedroom, it's like there's someone in, and there's a fucking dude standing in your kid's bedroom. In no world you go, excuse me, sir. <laughs> what are you doing in this kid's bedroom? I don't know. You scream and freak out. I know, but I babysat a lot of kids, and I would totally do something like that. Yeah. If you found no, I mean no, I don't Not mean faking it. Not if you really it. did, I mean, but you're messing I mean. with a kid. Yeah, the I fake don't even believe out. as a kid. As a kid, I wouldn't. If you as a kid, I would not fucking believe you for a second. If you're like, excuse me, sir, but like, ah, well, bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> These are American children, Al. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I just hate fake outs in uh, horror movies. Yeah. My boyfriend's outside smoking. He's a complete fucking idiot as well, and decides to go and look at this motorcycle. And rev it. Which I presume is purely there, so then he doesn't really hear stuff that's going on. I think. Yeah, apparently, yeah. yeah. And yeah, I didn't get this the first time. It was only the second time I got it. There's a weird pan then to the laundry line where we see a blanket is missing. But it's hard yeah. to show a blanket is missing. Yeah. From a laundry line. I didn't so. get that. I didn't either. And you don't need to, we don't need to know where a blanket comes from. It's and, a house. The second, I assume well, they yeah, have she's those in on there. the literal bed that she's sitting <laughs> next to later. It could just be from the bed. Yeah, and or, on the second viewing, knowing that and watching it, it just makes it stupider. Because what this is telling me is, again, Michael Myers is so planning ahead. He's got—I imagine he's got a little dress notebook this person up of ideas. Like a ghost. Yeah, 
He's like, oh, I could use accessory. <laughs> He's like carrying all this stuff around with him. Where are my scissors? Yeah. <laughs> Decoupage. He's been watching a lot of uh, like YouTube and stuff while he's he's been away. He's like, I have a lot talk. of very crafty yeah. ideas. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't talk. He just crafts. Yeah. DIY. So... Michael Myers, we get the thing from the trailer where Ginny goes to the... She's putting the kid back to bed and then he's like, can you just check the, the cupboard? And she goes and checks the whatever it is. Doesn't shut. Michael Myers comes out, stabs her. The kid does a comedy. Oh, shit! Which, yeah. I'm finding... I enjoyed his comedy in the other scenes. I'm finding some of the comedy in these moments is like detracting from the horror because, again, I hear it's working for people around you guys in the cinema. For me, nothing in the horror is really working for me mm-hmm. in this film. Like, the kills aren't inventive enough, and the tension isn't really there for me. Well, and then she's, like, falling because of her socks and stuff. It's just all kind of, like, seen it thousands of times. It would have been more believable if, like, because he slashed her, if, like, it's just pouring out because it's in her arm. And she's, like, going to run, and we just see, like, all the blood on the ground. She just slipping on her own blood. Yeah, and then hits her face and, like, chips her teeth or something. Like, oh, God, you're going to die. Yeah. There's no ferocity. <laughs> yeah, there's really no ferocity to these kills. It's yeah. like you got to go one way or the other. You've either got to build it up and be really creepy, which maybe it's trying, but for me it's not yeah. really working, or you've got to really show the brutality. Yeah, or she slips, breaks her nose, so you're just like, this is a whole bad disaster. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I don't know, because like her slipping and going like... Gathering. <laughs> yeah. It just... I was like, okay, she's going to die, and this is not really anything... This yeah. is uh, we're, we're safely in, you know, teen slasher right now, yeah. which again, I'm fine with. I love teen slashers. This one looks really pretty for the most part. It's got some decent acting in it. Michael Myers looks great. So I'm pretty happy. I'll be happy with that. But the other elements of this film just feel so much more elevated above that. And much more interesting yeah. for me is all the stuff with Laurie Strode that I am like, I'm enjoying all these scenes, but I just uh, want to yeah. get back to her. You know, it just didn't feel as like her death was imminent. I was like, um... I mean, she's going to die, but it's kind of like casual. She's casual about it. Everyone's yeah. pretty casual. Yeah. 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 They're just kind of ticking some boxes here, basically. Yeah. And the cop and Laurie hear the call for the call in of a disturbance happening at his house. And then the cop comes in and finds, yeah, Ginny under the blanket. And obvious throwback to when Michael Myers wore the, wore the blanket in the first one. He's even bothered to cut the eye holes out for her, which is nice. Yeah. Like, this is, he's taking time. I have to say... I prefer the Rob Zombie one where you see the guy walking down, you think it's Michael Myers, but it's actually the boyfriend, and then Michael Myers comes from the side and fucking kills him. Yeah. She. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a better spin on the original. But it's cool. Laurie then turns up and she sees Michael, like cops upstairs, like in one room, and she sees Michael in another room. She thinks she, yeah, she sees him, but anyone's seen the trailer, we've had it spoiled. She shoots him, and it's a mirror. And then, yeah, he like heads downstairs. I love how he walks around. He's like, oh. It's that, it's, it's Laurie. <laughs> Uncle John, say hello. Do, 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 do. <laughs> and he heads outside and then he seems to be walking in the wrong direction and she shoots him. She's trained for 40 years. He's walking slow. Laurie Strode gets a fucking headshot in that first. Like, I guarantee you that's what she would get. Yeah. But yeah. instead she seems to clip him in the shoulder or something. Yeah, yeah. And I remember the first time we were watching this, I thought, oh, this is, if, how the hell did he get out of this scene? Because she's there with a gun, training, he's in front of her, the cop's coming down the stairs, between the two of them, Michael is dead. Yeah. Right. Like, there's no yeah. fucking getting out. 
but he just he does. She clips him in the shoulder and he just disappears. They almost end up shooting each other. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. This scene pissed me off a little bit because yeah. I was like, you've geared her up to be really powerful, and then she has the opportunity. She would just pursue him. She would not let him out of her sight. You know. Yeah. It's the uh, first of a couple of moments that this happens for her character. That's a bit unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. Well, she did drink. That's true. She's been drinking. She's a practiced <laughs> alcoholic since the time she was like 16. That's true. She's fine. Counter. <laughs> She's like, I'm sober. I drank this for energy. Yeah. <laughs> so what I've written high. down is the mayor, but we're going to go with detective now because I think that's more realistic. Cowboy detective Cowboy turns detective. up. With the doctor. And Laurie gets to meet him. He's all excited to meet Laurie Strode. She's like, oh, you're the new Loomis. Yeah. Um, and a fantastic audience. Big chuckle to that one. Yeah. My audience... Don't know who Dr. Loomis is. Nope. No one cares. <laughs> yeah. Too My busy chatting and getting too. high. Did anyone care in your cinema, Justin? No, no, they laughed. There's oh, a lot of, like, the super main ones, they would laugh, but the, you have to watch the trilogy to understand. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not so much laughter or cheers. This is what we learned, yeah, that this cop was the first responding and he stopped Loomis from killing him. Again, doesn't work with the law, but whatever. Granddaughter. She's with the goofy friend walking through now a completely deserted Haddonfield. There's nobody anywhere. And we see a cop car pass behind them. So the cops are taken. They're, they're with Laurie. They're going over to her daughter's house. Now, here's where I have a big fucking problem with this movie. Why is does the daughter have a house? That's my problem. How does she <laughs> afford that? houses? How does she get a house? It's crazy with talk. Joke of a husband. I don't have a house. Why does she have a house? Because <laughs> <laughs> she lives in Illinois and you live in LA and London. True. Two very expensive well, places. Well, good point. That good is point. true. Very true. You can get a lot of house in Illinois for nothing. <laughs> my, my problem is they're going to. So there's a little bit of a fight, and I really paid attention to it on my second viewing. There's a little bit of a fight for a few seconds. We're like, oh no, but our daughter's out there somewhere. We've got to find our daughter because no one knows where the daughter is because they've closed down the, the school party thing, but she's already left with the goofy boy, with not, uh, the goofy friend. The horny and devil. They can't find her. Exactly. The horny devil. devil. <laughs> <laughs> but then they just give up and just leave. Like, there's no fucking way as parents you leave your daughter when no. you know the stuff that's happened with your mother. She's suddenly even proven to be right. People are dying. She's like, you don't, you don't go anywhere. Well, I mean, it's ridiculous. I mean, well, they're pretty terrible parents, go. though. They're not. They have not shown themselves to be good parents up to this whoa, point. Whoa, whoa, whoa! I, I don't know if they're terrible parents per I se. I didn't say they were terrible. I just said they're not good. I think they're the best parents. They trust their daughter extremely, extremely <laughs> too much. <laughs> right? Because all of this they is in her hands. She's going to grow up to be the best child. You know how those like people father, tell you that like all you need to give your child is love? Like these people took it way too literally. They were just yeah. like, we're good parents because we love her. That's it. it they the father that, like, can't even make a sandwich without getting peanut butter on his penis. Right? He's true. a terrible parent. <laughs> he, wasn't, he was setting a mouse trap and it went off. Oh, yeah. Very difficult. Yeah. Different kind of sandwich though. But, you know, yeah. they, they, it's the, that bird nest thing. They're like, well, let the We'll let our little little bird fly, and she'll come back. Give him a lot of space. And she'll die. It's like the let Hunger Games meets Halloween. They're like, she'll figure it out. Yeah, it's the yeah, purge. Yeah. All of a sudden, yeah, it costs it costs like severe doubt I have over because this <laughs> film has like gone back and forth with how seriously women to take it. You know how much is playing yeah. to slasher tropes, and how much is actually like, no, we're doing something different. You should take this seriously. And I don't find these actions 
like it just feels like no we want to get everyone's to laurie's house that's what this section of the film feels like and oh we wrote her correctly which is that she'd be living out somewhere in the middle of nowhere but fuck now we've got to get everyone there and we're going to have a series of events that happen that kind of piss me off just to get everyone to your finale yeah Yeah. it's like find my phone oh wait she didn't have an iphone that's why they couldn't find her it's in the pudding justin in the pudding in the delicious pudding still working also whoever's cleaning that pudding lucked out so much <laughs> who puts a pudding in a punch bowl it's very everybody weird. will for now and it'll be like new halloween tradition no i still Th- won't look the like you get to ham the juice pudding so the goofy guy is he's getting he's reading all the wrong signals from uh from the granddaughter so he tries to make out with her whatever signals up. he was reading it wasn't even on in the same book or chapter no. Oh. <laughs> he was reading something else. He's like, ah, yes. Like, yeah, you, you look heartbroken from half an hour ago. Yeah, <laughs> let me fix you. Although I do feel a bit sorry for like how he gets treated because he's clearly just drunk and clearly into her. And instead, like she does that typical teenage thing of just around going, you're pathetic. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I think I mean, this come whole on. interaction is pretty cliched, though, including yeah. his yeah. character, not just her reaction. But I agree. And I think both sides are cl- both cliched and possibly accurate to teenagers. But it's also like, dude, you're an idiot. But also, he clearly likes you and he's your friend. So be a bit gentle with it. Don't just call him a fucking idiot. <laughs> like, don't just say yeah. he's pathetic. Like, that's not nice. She literally just destroyed him. She got him destroyed. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, hey, you're heartbroken now. <laughs> I know. I love when it happens to teenagers. You like tell someone that you're friends with that you like them and they're like, you're pathetic. I'm like, oh. Right, <laughs> yeah, okay. but it is kind of messed up. Like, it is the reaction I wanted. He, he knows that the reason that she and her boyfriend or his friend just broke up was because her boyfriend was drunk and being a dick. And now he's like, oh, instead of being the opposite of that, I'm just going to go ahead and be part two of that to your night and yeah. expects a nice response. I think they broke up because a sexy tiger made out with him. The well, bangle. also because he was wasted and mm. threw her phone in pudding. I want to say it's mainly because <laughs> he Called took his heels off. It. Yeah, According to a poet, true. time isn't wasted when you're getting wasted. So uh, it's that. true. That's a it's, great time. It's like Inception. If you're wasted <laughs> and time is being wasted, then it's a prolonged hour of party. <laughs> <laughs> Pure party. Mind blown. So we're establishing here. She leaves in. We're establishing that there are motion controlled lights. <laughs> we have to like show to go on and off, and he gets all freaked out by them. So we can set up. <laughs> what they clearly want to be a scare uh, and then Michael Myers turns up in the background and he thinks it's whoever owns that house or whatever just hanging out yeah. looking at him and we have yeah like a pre- I mean it's one of those things which again as you're writing it I could see it being like this would be really cool using motion control lights they're very effective in horror films they come on and off a little bit it never really works because you'd have to like stand still for so fucking long before yeah. they go off <laughs> and then Michael moves in front of him and then you think he's going to move again but he doesn't but they come on because he he's going to stab him basically and um and then we're going to cut back later after he's killed him and he's like shoved his face through the top yeah spike like part of the fence it's like they remembered um hot fuzz and they basically (laughs) wanted to utilize that ending scene I completely forgot about it. I'm like, I'm struggling to remember the end of Hot Fuzz. They're they're like running through the model of the town. Right. Which was clearly what they used for the movie to begin with. (laughs) Because there's a giant scale model of the town. And then there's the the cathedral point. 
And the guy gets skewered. Yeah, and he doesn't die. He goes, this just really hurts. (laughs) (laughs) He does seem to be into impaling in this one. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he seems to kill people and then look around to find a place to prop them up and impale a separate part of their body. He seems to be into killing people and then interacting with their bodies after he's killed them. Yeah. Maybe he's been playing that Friday the 13th video game and he was taking some lessons. (laughs) Who hasn't? He's like, I get extra points if I push them onto something. Yeah, like, well, Jason could do it. I can do it. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to pretend that many of the Halloween films have great, you know, kills or great, like, horror sequences. I think this one, because I'm expecting a lot more for it. I'm a little bit disappointed with the stuff because, again, it's a scene that I feel could work, but I'm not spooked out by this scene. No, I but you guys yeah, no. I like... found this scene more comedic than yeah, mostly because of their interaction and because the thing with the motion detection detection lights is just yeah. kind of silly. Yeah. yeah, and their interaction is really silly. Like he's he doesn't really realize it's Michael Myers, so he's like, "Oh, sorry, I know I'm trespassing on your lawn. Do you want I'll a beer? Your hair?" <laughs> and then he's just staring at him, and he's like, "Oh, you're acting kind of weird, man." And it's just like this very silly slappy back and forth it was a funny line though when he asked him he's like didn't you ever really just like a girl and you couldn't have her (laughs) no matter how hard you tried (laughs) it's pretty funny (laughs) that was pretty good so yeah she hears the screams comes back finds him dead impaled for his face and i really like this bit of soundtrack that comes in it's it's almost like a halloween meets inception you just get this big synth siren going off where it just goes and that's kind of like the purge so the granddaughter is with the cop and the doctor they've met up with her and yeah i did notice the second time here little technical thing quite a lot of camera shadows in in this scene but, oh yeah. really <laughs> yeah i did not notice that dang and i love this line because the doctor just turns around to all the people coming out of the houses to see what's going on and he's like i'm a doctor lock your doors yeah. <laughs> i laughed so hard every time at this both times i laughed and no one else laughed and i was like what the hell it's like that's the most ridiculous line you're not a house doctor like, <laughs> even if you doctor, like what lock your doors there's one thing i know in my you know field this. of expertise is to stay alive is to lock your doors I think this is the problem with some of this, though, is you've got, like, this sophisticated storytelling, but then you've also got people like Danny McBride and David in the editing room who are, see- who are seeing some ad-lib stuff and are just like, yeah, fucking leave that, that in. That was hilarious. funny. Leave yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. It reminded me of um, Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Do you remember the doctor in that where he kept being like, I'm a doctor. Take your shirt off. <laughs> <laughs> because he wanted to make sure that they weren't, like, pod people. And it, it was just, yeah. But he just kept running around saying shit like that. I was like, what? What is this? Is the most okay? So you're a doctor. What would you say? Mm, you got to get people to listen to you. All right, and action. Go inside your house. I'm a doctor. Lock your doors. <laughs> like that Ross makes from sense. Friends, trying to yeah. get people to listen to. Him. I'm a doctor. I'm a doctor. You it, study kind of dead dinosaurs. <laughs> it also makes me think of like the past films that they're using that kind of logic. Like, uh, yeah, these people are kind of dumb. We'll just, it works. It yeah. doesn't work, yeah. though. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't. That's so, ludicrous. So Laurie Strode, the daughter, some of the other cops and stuff, they go to Laurie's house. She keeps saying, it's my childhood. When, as they walk around the house, they're like, you know, see the underground basement thing, which the father's like, what the fuck? Um, it's a fight club. Has so he really, really not are, seen that before? 
Apparently not. No. They never go for dinner at Laurie's house, it seems. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't you would- either, to be fair. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't necessarily I, I totally go, would. but you would think that would be something you would have told your yeah, partner your spouse. about. <laughs> That would have been like, a huge Let me tell you about discussion. how traumatizing my entire childhood was. My mom's so crazy, she built a secret cage slash basement. Well, particularly particularly if you're in island. a relationship with someone, and not a relationship, you're married and have kids with someone yeah. who you know was taken away from their mother at the age of 12, but now is still sort of in, in contact with their mother. With the mom, yeah. It's like, well, then you'd need to know more. You would know <laughs> the details of it. Yeah, because you, would, you wouldn't know how to like navigate that situation. If they didn't give you any information, no. like, should I be mad at her still? Like, should he's I be concerned? So. Maybe Your he just, turned, maybe he's not the father of that girl. Maybe he just turned up like last month. He's like new boyfriend or new something. daddy. She's putting peanut butter <laughs> on his golfing. penis. Yeah. Anyway, so we keep getting that it's my childhood thing. She sees like the gun with her name engraved on it or initials. So like, you really are like, okay, she's going to kick some fucking ass at some point. I thought it was glitter glue when I first saw it, and I was like, that's kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> yes. There's unicorns on the gun. This is my right. But it, like, it would have been fitting for like a little girl who's like, oh, this is my hobby. Let me decorate it with He's my gun. My crafts. I might be tough, but I'm still cute. <laughs> uh, so, all right. So, now here's the problem. We've got Michael Myers, who's in Haddonfield, just, you know, strolling around. Again, seemingly purposeless because they've made a point of saying that it's he's not motivated to kill because of family anymore so does he even really care about laurie he saw her outside the house when she shot him and he just sort of wandered off so i'm a little not sure about what his motive really is or even that he wants to get to laurie but he's wandering around and then we've got uh, was it the doctor and the sheriff dude and the granddaughter like driving around as well and we've got to get everybody to laurie's house this is the problem that the writers are now stuck with so the cops, they see, they see Michael Myers, he goes to run him over, and then he gets out of the car, and he thinks Michael Myers is dead, the doctor runs also, over to him all, like, freaking out. Why just hit him, dude? You should have followed through. Well, he, he wanted to. Creep to. He wanted yeah. to shoot him, and he's like, I want his brain all over this pavement. Like, the uh, sheriff was ready to slaughter yeah, him. He should have just rolled over, then reverse pancaked. <laughs> reverse pancake. Reverse pancake. When in doubt, pancake it out. This is a bit. I, like, the first time I'm watching this film, I'm into it. I've got problems with it. Like, you know, it's not necessarily spooky enough, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying it. And then this moment happens when the doctor, like, leans down to Michael Myers. And then he gets out his little scalpel thing, whatever it is, because he's a doctor. So, you know. Scalpel pen. Good at, Carries around a yeah. pocket scalpel with him. Exactly. It's a pen that has a, a little blade. secret scalpel thing section. thing is not sterile. Tell you what. No. no, because it probably just, and we're going to get to it, but it probably stabbed someone in the bus. But um, yeah. yeah, then he turns around and stabs the sheriff or whatever he is uh, in the neck, kills him, and then immediately just becomes evil doctor. Yeah. <laughs> just yeah. flip up a dime. Puts on Michael Myers' mask for ah! literally no reason. <laughs> Does it for about 10 seconds just to get in the car and then take it off again because, oh yeah, this is sticky. <laughs> Like that this was thing fun. Smells terrible. <laughs> Just yeah. wanted to try it. And I, the first time I see this film, I supposed to believe he carried him to the car. Yeah, right. And then put <laughs> yeah. him in he's the car. Humongous by yeah, himself. Seriously. Yeah. And he's got his arm. arm in a brace. He's got yeah. one. He's got a gimp arm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so the first time I watch this film, this is a moment where in my head, I just go, "I'm out." Yeah. 
<laughs> just nope. like you have gone you have somehow managed to go back into thorn territory here that's what this feels like to me uh. yeah, i'm just like i'm out if the rest of this movie i don't know if michael's still alive and he's in cahoots with this guy i don't yeah. know if michael myers is dead and this is now going to be on you michael myers but either way i'm pissed yeah also uh, why didn't she really just bothered. wait by the door once he goes i know to open it, when he opened the door so you just kicked it that's all you gotta do yeah, you kick yeah. it and you sprint out, or before you even close it, like jump out. The guy she decides arm. to cry. She can't even power. get a phone out of a pudding. She can't do anything. That's true. <laughs> phone and pudding. My phone is gone forever. She's <laughs> oh, in no. the honor society, you guys. How smart the pack? Oh, for someone in the <laughs> honor society, there's she has no brains. There's different kinds of smart. There's different kinds of smart. Mm. There's like book smart and then common sense smart, and we can see where and she's lacking. Michael Myers smart. Oh yeah. So this stuff to get it. Okay, so this is a bone of contention. I've talked to quite a lot of people at the horror festivals I'm touring with at the moment because every, obviously everyone wanted to talk about this movie, and there's a lot of theories. I say the majority are weighing down on yes, this doctor wasn't just taking advantage of this moment here, but he had orchestrated all of it. Like he had purposely put himself on that bus because mm-hmm. his entire plan was to yeah. break Michael Myers out let him out on the loose so you could see him in the wild essentially mm-hmm. and for whatever reason study him <clears throat> as he kills people That's but what this I is also I, where the previous thing of saying he's not out for family blood like falters because the mm-hmm. doctor is saying I want to see what happens to him if he actually kills Laurie Strode like will that th- will he talk. then be able to be murdered like will he then be mortal and is that like his sustaining force in life but they've just told us that that isn't his force in life so it's very conflicting yeah. what they're I trying to get across his entire intention was to kind of reconnect him with Lori in the hopes that it would get him to talk yeah exactly and he could then actually understand where he was coming from and study him but again it's just like, why does at the he... beginning of like he can he... talk he's just choosing not to and then the but... journalists bring up I get that, but why would Michael Myers even be interested in Laurie Strode? That's my question. Like, I'm not getting that from this movie. Uh, like he's, I he think seems... they're just hoping that we lean on the fact that he's he's hung up on it because it was a failure and he succeeded in killing everybody else. Yeah, because the the only motivation we have here shown through like cinematic language is in the car here when the the doctor, yeah, then mentions his sister when he mentions Michael Myers' sister, Judith Myers, not Laurie. Yeah. You see his hand suddenly like tense up and he comes back to life again, which clearly shows through cinematic language there is a correlation between family and his desire to kill. Like, yeah. Clearly. Family. Which fucks with everything else they're trying to tell you in this film. But I don't get any of that between him and Laurie up until this point. We're just taking it as that because we know, well, it's Laurie and Michael Myers. Clearly they want to, you know, fuck each other up. Yeah. But that's, that's from us. That's not from the film telling us that, you know. Well, because then the film immediately, when he does regain consciousness, he does not go after Allison. So, again, you're not seeing him have a direct mission to take oh, out that family. Well, he doesn't really have good peripheral vision. He can only see things <laughs> head on, apparently. As he always gets blindsided by people who are just off to oh, the he side. Does, yeah. He's got major blind yeah. spots in that yeah. mask. That's why he stands around for ages. He's not creeping people out. He's just just trying to see them. He's very conspicuous, too. I mean, he's a big dude. Also, I forgot to, um, when we were talking about it earlier, when he's in the bathroom stall before he has his mask on, they like briefly show his face, but you can't Mm. really even see it. I don't even remember. It just looked like there was soot on his face because it was Mm -hmm. like a shadow. It's supposed to be like a shadow that's kind of blocking it. 
Yeah, I'm interested when this is out because you can freeze frame and really yeah. see what he looks like. Because oh. you just know that his eyes kind of messed up and he's got like yeah, he has really a definite scar beard. on one of his eyes. So that is going to further hinder your vision. And I don't know if that's yeah. meant to be, if that's just from childhood or if that's meant to be from when Loomis shot him. Six uh, times! I think, Six I think it's from times. the fire that they were both in yeah. that then didn't happen. Well, yeah, yeah this one's Because it looks like, like a burn scar on his face. It didn't mm-hmm. exist. There's no fire. Who he's, knows what happened in the asylum. Maybe so. from the fire Maybe nation. he set himself on fire. He doesn't need Laurie Strode to set him on fire. He can do things all by himself. Maybe he... Mm-hmm. Likes the doors. <laughs> Here seems to be the real reason that all this fucking happens. All of this seems to happen purely to get him, to deliver him to Laurie Strode, because then the doctor drives him there. And yeah, we get another scene that we're going to talk about in a second, but just to skip that for a second, he drives it there. And then Michael Myers wakes up when he hears Judith, who he then kills the doctor, and then the granddaughter escapes. And hey, guess what? Michael Myers is now at Laurie's house and decides, oh, we'll wander around here for a bit. <clears throat> and it just seems that all of this happened just to literally get him from there to there. And it's like, well, you wrote that problem in to begin with yeah don't write more problems to solve the problem that you invented you know yeah. it's like come up with a different story then if you don't if you want it just to be them come up with a different way to do that like yeah it really frustrated me and i know what frustrated you katie was in between all of this there's a little prolonged bar me conversation yeah it's, it's like everything was getting serious and they're like how do we break this up let's have a, this is a total danny mcbride that- bullshit scene like i love his humor for the most part but this one was so out of place and so fucking dumb <laughs> and it's it's just real dumb i don't yeah. understand it at all like why this was even here do you want to know why this is here apparently <sighs> i don't really care can you guys guess <laughs> there are so many okay so there's like a tv truck in the background called resurrection at one point there are nods uh, to every single halloween film in it's this. the two dumb yeah. cops the this two is the two dumb cops outside of the yeah. five. they, they, the they should have yeah. had sound effects these <laughs> two <It was> like, <laughs> i really wish they did <laughs> hey we're two cops here um, are they correct with what they're saying though? Because that's the thing that I know. I did. I actually looked this up because I was like, that does actually sound. I mean, I don't think that you would put a fact like that into a movie and then not face backlash if it yeah. wasn't accurate. And not in Vietnamese, Bon Mi means basically bread baguette. Okay. So okay. the sandwich, it's, but it's a, it's a leap to say exactly what that guy does say because he said, Bon Mi doesn't actually refer to the sandwich it refers to the bread meat but you can't just give someone a, that baguette and say like here i That's made a you a bon me mm-hmm. like you're basically just saying here i made you bread if you say that but if you yeah. say i made you a bon me sandwich that indicates the filling as well mm-hmm. as that baguette so it's like it's a it's a, a collaborative deal it's not just the bread so him giving peanut butter and jelly on baguette is not uh-huh. a bon me sandwich no not <laughs> at all plus plus when the guy's like oh, that sounds disgusting it's like what's well, a peanut butter and jelly sandwich yeah. like, there's nothing else in it what's disgusting about yeah. that and then his fucking <laughs> sticker bread he does look like to. a four-year-old was able to make his lunch he made pudding and brownies like <laughs> oh it looks just it was terrible. so bad it was like an empty tupperware with one yeah, yeah. <laughs> Even for a joke, it's like, that's not even a joke. That's just ridiculous. Like, no one's coming in with that. Like, the only correlation is that they're dumb cops. Like, I would never, especially if you're not that, all that familiar with this series, you're probably watching that scene. Like, why are half of these things in here? But this is the problem in both 
both times I watch this film, the audience are loving this scene. <laughs> and the amount of people I know afterwards is like, oh, I wanted it to be more funny. We needed more scenes like the cops, you know? <laughs> and it's like, and I don't mind it. super troopers. I don't know well, why yeah, you're here then. Look, I'm all for, I don't mind having a pure comedy Halloween no. movie, but this isn't what they're trying to do here. You no. know, yeah. Laurie Strode is in a very different movie. They're just throwing things at a wall and seeing what sticks to it. And I feel it's so much of this up to this point has been first draft material, in my opinion. And it was stuff that wasn't gone over and it wasn't cohesive and it wasn't thrown out to people to say, does this make sense to you? Is there continuity here? There's so much that just feels spackled together. Or even just to have more of, you know, God forbid, but Jason Blum just getting into the editing yeah. room just to check in on, hey, what are you guys leaving in the film? Exactly. <laughs> but then again, they had a test audience, you know, and that's, I think that is part of the problem. So a test audience is going to enjoy these bits and you're going to get rid of some of the other bits. And mm. they did go back to reshoot the ending and all that stuff. Right. But anyway, yeah, they see the car down the road. For some reason, <gasps> they don't investigate it immediately because they're fucking penguin cops. But yeah. Then she's, she's telling uh, the doctor that Michael Myers said one word and he's like, you must know, was it Judith? Michael Myers comes back to life. This is where he kills the doctor. She escapes. The cops do fuck all, basically. Pretty cool kill of the doctor, but no crunch because he like stomps on his head and it turns into porridge. Yeah, but it just, just looks like, like a very soft pumpkin. Yeah, yeah, there's no like, at least with a sound effect, do a crunch. Make so it you sound feel like, nasty. Ugh. Yeah. But no, it's yeah. just like. Because even with the little kid at the beginning, you got the crunch of his neck. Yeah. yeah, when he snapped his neck, and like that's brutal, and it's those and, little things that really push stuff over the edge. Well, these are the things that for me, I love David Gordon Green again. You know, for particular films, not for others, but these are the things which are showing. Yeah, okay, he's new to horror, and he he doesn't necessarily know what would make this scene work. Right, right. Then we keep getting this shot, and I didn't realize until I uh, talked to some friends who realized what it was. But the shot at the doll's house in laurie's house and this I, is apparently i didn't know the doll's house reference yeah it's her house from okay the original halloween mm. oh. which i wasn't getting that at all i think it's her house it's either hers or michael Myers' house but it's one of the houses from the original life and i didn't get that at all it keeps sort of focusing on it in this weird way yeah i thought it yeah. was the mo- wait the model that's in the one of the in rooms Laurie Strode's that's house, supposed yeah. to be the actual like that's a small version of the house they're in right no, it's not the one they're in. That's what I mean. It's her one from the original. From the first oh. one. Yeah. Yeah. Which I just kept thinking, oh, are we in Hereditary? So yeah. Like, <laughs> hereditary. Waiting for the little dolls to come in. When two know. cops stumble on to a dollhouse. <laughs> so this pisses me off as well. The father is at this house. Crazy stuff happening. His daughter is missing, which he's abandoned miles away. And he's playing with a yo-yo. And they know for sure that there's a serial killer <laughs> on the loose. And he's practicing his yo-yo. is coming up, which we, we <laughs> talked about briefly earlier when it happened to a different character. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, this pissed me off. But then he, he, does he see the cops? No, he goes to talk to the cops because he sees them outside. He sees the them cop. outside. Yeah. So he walks outside. Now, Michael Myers has taken the time to get one of these cops' heads, hollow it out, I think. And put yeah. a flashlight inside. It's so yeah. cool. It's a jack-o'-lantern. A human jack-o'-lantern. It looks great. It looks so great but creative. again... He's an expert pumpkin Michael's like jack-o'-lantern carver at this point, I would assume. 
So yeah, it's so. But he just seems so <clears throat> like you've got John Carpenter wanting him to see just a force of nature. This isn't a force of nature. This is somebody who sits down with blueprints and plans stuff out. Goes to like DIY store first to buy the things he needs. I mean, that's <laughs> the movie that I want to see. I want to see him kill someone and then sit down Indian style while he carves their face out <laughs> to like set up this intricate yeah. human jack o' lantern. Which again, I'm fine with, but that's not the movie that they're telling me this is. No, meant they're to telling be. two different types of two yeah. separate storylines almost. He spent years in the insane war, uh, asylum not thinking about how he would do things. <laughs> He's become an excellent whittler. Yeah. Just by imagination. Time. Yeah. So we get another one of those scenes here. We're kind of moving into Rob Zombie territory about, with that kill because you're looking at him as having spent his whole life in pr- or in this insane asylum making masks. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Yeah, <laughs> that is true. So he'd be real yeah, good at it. I don't like it. the mask scene for now. Uh, this maybe is what you're talking about, Ali? I don't know. The father is standing by the car. And right, then when he finds he, it? Yeah, he's like exclaiming and then they clearly didn't get the timings right. For 30 seconds. <laughs> Just standing there and you could clearly see from the actor this, when's he going to grab me from behind? When's he going to grab me from behind? Yes. <laughs> he looks tense about it. Which like, sure, give yourself some time when you're filming it, but that's, you give yourself time so that you can fix it in editing. Yeah. And edit mm-hmm. it. Don't mm-hmm. keep it in one shot. And he just keeps backing up in shock, waiting for Michael to finally show up and grab him. Yep. Yeah. It looks really dumb. It's so stupid. But yo yo, father is dead. Yeah. The daughter is <laughs> hiding downstairs. Lori's waiting for Michael Myers. She's ready to kick some ass. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm Have ready. We skipped as well. the dumbest, my least favorite part with Allison out in the woods. No, I don't. Well, I don't know. She's been in the woods running a bit, but we're about to come back to her running again. <laughs> oh, but. Jesus. So yeah, she's been running hard. forever. No, where she just like starts screaming for no reason. Yeah. Oh, no, no, not quite. That's with oh. the manic. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, yeah, we're not quite there. Yeah, so daughter's downstairs. Laurie's uh, up there with a the gun. I'm ready for this to like kick off. Now I'm like, all right, you've done the stupid contrived thing. The doctor's dead. Let's pretend that didn't happen. <laughs> Any yeah. of that stuff. <laughs> yeah. And let's just get on to the cool stuff, which is finally seeing Laurie, you know, versus Michael Myers. But it looks great in the trailer. It looks great here, but she's kind of stupid. <laughs> she's just standing by the front door, huddling against it, which of course he then bursts through and grabs her with his arms like through the door. So what do you think yeah. he's going to do? Laurie would not do that. I'm just no. saying she wouldn't. <laughs> Just, I do like that she turns on all these floodlights outside. I think that's kind of cool. Yeah. Like, Only after Dave is dead. Or what's his name? Yeah. Yeah. That's true. That's true. That's true. Yeah. And then, uh, so, all right. So, but she does get a shot off. Michael Myers loses a couple of fingers in yeah. the shootings. Yeah. That I cool. felt good. I was happy Laura with keeps that. keeps mumbling stuff about, I know you thought this was my cage, so we know something weird's going to happen. Okay. So she heads down as well with her daughter. <laughs> They're in the basement. Michael's wandering around upstairs. He doesn't know that they're down there, so they're good, right? But she decides to start taking pot shots from below. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's like, yeah. hey, don't notice we're down, we're down here. here. But, but we're down it makes sense later. Immediately. It makes sense later, to be fair, because it is, it's not a, it's not a right. thing. It's a trap. She's trying to lure him down there. Exactly. I do really love this stuff, though, because then she goes out after him again, and she starts going from room to room to room. And as she like clear, as she realizes he's not in each room, she hits a little button and a yeah, that was really door cool. comes down. 
to clear each room. I thought that was fucking... So we're seeing forethought here that is not cohesive with the thing that she has just done of backing into a door yeah. with glass. Or was it all a part of the plan? It's not. To that lure can- him in. <laughs> <No>. Maybe it's <laughs> just... What? That's just a bullshit lame excuse that the writers are going to give you afterwards. They're like, oh, no. We did that about, on purpose. Yeah, no, because he nearly gets her and she's terrified. Yeah. Her <laughs> he almost blows her head off with her own shotgun. Yeah. Well, I'll tell, well, yeah, we'll get to the end where we can clarify her plan. Or maybe she because... just needed to measure how strong he really is so she knows what to do next. So, this is where the granddaughter is running and screaming. She gets to the mannequin shooting range. Oh, my gosh. Falls to the floor, and we turn into a Texas Chainsaw film for a few seconds. Yeah. So, she just starts screaming, and there's literally overdubbed cackling for these mannequins as the camera's zooming into them. And she's going... Yeah. Like, this isn't a possession film. Also, has she never been to her grandmother's house? I think that's the idea, is that they've never been there. I think, yeah, I think she never has. Well, as she's running in, she's been seeing mannequins this whole time. It isn't like all of them are in one central area. Mm -hmm. They're not covered in blood. They're they're just mannequins. Yeah. Yeah, she just starts screaming a fucking She starts freaking the fuck out for no reason. (laughs) Mannequins with bullet holes. Oh my God. I mean, I guess if I heard mannequins making that sound, I would kind of freak out. Yeah, I'd be screaming. Well, yeah, for sure. If they're making an inanimate objects was laughing. The too. only way that this would have been scary is if her is if her grandmother had been putting Michael masks on all of these mannequins. That's true. That's cool. oh, yeah, that would have been good. Yeah. Then it would have been, been like. I can't tell who is, is he who. actually one of I'm these? being like, he's everywhere. And that oh, would yeah. have been a nice That's... opportunity to have one of the masks from each film. Yeah. Pink haired Michael. You should yeah. go. We should take that film and just CGI Photoshop the mask on all of them. Yeah. We totally should. There is no Apparently reason here why she should be this, screaming. The original mask is in this film somewhere and I couldn't see it anyway. Because it's like really decomposed and stuff. So you would oh. notice mm. it. But yeah. Maybe it's just in the background somewhere. I don't know. All right. So here's another bit. If we're talking about Michael Myers being premeditated. So Laurie gets to one of the last rooms. <laughs> She's in a room again with mannequins just hanging out. He's in this the best room. at hide and go seek. I've been saying this the whole time. Do you not, but do you not think about the planning of this? Okay. So obviously call back to the first one. Is she hid in this cupboard? One of the mannequins is pointing and it's creepy. I like that. I like it's very silent hill. It's creeping to this cupboard. Again, doesn't belong in this film. (laughs) In a haunted film, this would be great. The mannequin is pointing to one of the cupboards. There's blood leading there. She walks over to it. Yeah. Very closet. Uh, She walks over and opens up the closet. Not in there. Turns around, the mannequin's arm is down, yeah, but and then she wanders over to it, and then Michael Myers jumps out at her. Yeah, well, which that which doesn't means, happen even that quickly. She scans yeah. the room like three yeah, times. It's slow. No, sure, sure, but the point is, is like what that means is like he came into this room was like, oh, this is gonna be hilarious. Put the <laughs> mannequin's <laughs> arm up. Let me touch different parts it's like, of you the remember room. Remember that time so forty years ago when we did that thing? The I'm gonna make a closet. <laughs> and then she's looking at it, and he's like hiding behind the mannequin. Going, <laughs> Put the arm back down again. Like, this is what had to have happened. Yeah. Then scuttles to the other side of the room again and then jumps out like, ah! Also, the crazy bit that doesn't make sense to me, because at some point he had to, like, go back outside to grab whatever his name, uh, the dad's body. Yeah. Bring him upstairs. Really quickly, quietly, not long, like, drag him on the ground. 
stuff him with the bell. He just tied a string to him and yeah. threw him through the window. He's just pulling him up through the window. He had it all planned. Okay, I got his body. Then he had to drip his blood all the way to the closet. Yeah, but he had like I mean, his hand is shot off too, so he could just rub it on the door. And when it opens, then it falls. So he had to like prop him carefully, close it really quick, go behind the mannequin. She opens, points to the other door. Then puts the arm sneak down. Sneak around, do the, the arm the down, door. sneak back, jump out. Yeah. This is not a force of nature. This is a crafty a little craftsman. prankster. That's yeah, he's, he's a prankster. He's yeah. been spending some time at Hobby Lobby, this guy. Yeah. Or at Michael's. Oh, my oh, God. Oh, oh, my God. It's all solved. You can quit now, Katie. Did, did, it's you, all did you guys I'm know out. that that's who the owner was? <laughs> Mic drop. <laughs> Oh boy, oh but that's, that's the problem though. This is again is a scene like this could be pretty cool, but it's like I'm gonna why keep laughing you... at my joke, don't worry. I know me too. <laughs> God damn. That was really good. But it's like why at what point would you think this works? You know? Yeah. It's like this could be really cool, but the reality of it is just so genre trope stupid that you, the rest of the film is trying to elevate itself above that. And it's frustrating when you get these moments. Anyway, they have a little fight and then he throws her off the roof. The daughter comes in. So he looks away, looks back. Guess what? Gone. She Michaeled him. She fucking Michaeled him. <laughs> this cool moment, though. Yeah. Everybody I like this, this moment a lot. Other than in my second screening, which was clearly not full of Halloween fans because nobody knew what was going on. I know. No that was that even if you've never seen a Halloween, though, this is such a You'd trope be for, for her. any horror film. It's the fact that it does the same sting. I love it when you get it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and then he's even got this like, what? wait. I, I really oh, wish they did this that. This is what like, this yeah. feels like. like. Oh, shit. This feels familiar. <laughs> I wish they did one of those like wide zooms with the music and it pushed into his like face. <laughs> or it's like. <laughs> so the granddaughter heads down to the basement. She's hiding with her mother. Uh, Michael's trying to get down down there. And then he opens, he manages to rip off that top surface. He's looking down at them. She's all like, he doesn't then appear. So then she's sort of pretending to freak out. And again, this is, I mean, but this is the only moment we see her. When I say kick ass, I mean, she fires a bullet and misses. <laughs> well, she, she plays the mind games with him. She plays the no, and I love that. I love she plays the Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I love that she plays the mind games with him. She pretends that she can't do it. He then appears, thinking she's vulnerable. Then she changes tone, goes, "I fucking got you," and shoots him. But everybody, people love this moment. Like this is the moment people are like, "Yeah, it's fucking great." And it's like, no, it's not. She was trained as a child. They've been building up that she's gonna kick ass, and then she does one thing in this movie, and she fails at it. Yeah. Like it's a cool moment in a kind of Michael Bay kind of way. She gets a one-liner and everything, you know? But it's the one-liner just doesn't feel right to me. And it's like, okay, if you had that change of tone, now the three of you, three generations of women fucking should wail on him and destroy him. And instead <laughs> she shoots him and misses him completely, basically. He Would just have been gets, better like, Hit him in the, like, neck. Because then you'd be like, oh, that's, like, a decent, okay. Yeah. He's shot. literally maybe 10 feet away and he's standing still. I could hit him in the head. Like, yeah. and I've had no training. Like, it's... It's, I don't know, I don't know. It seems stupid. But it feels cool. These are the things what I mean. It feels like a cool yeah, moment. But when you actually look at it. Yeah, the line. Yeah. Make it feel like a big climactic. So then Laurie appears. She smacks him into the basement as they're getting out of the basement, which not a great plan. If you've had 40 years to think of the plan of how you're going like, to take him down. How do we get out before we yeah, get Yeah, you should have a in. different way to get out. <laughs> like, that's yeah. not the best. 
Are we also meant to assume that her daughter remembers this plan from when she was 12? I mean, if they practiced, if it was like a daily practice, probably. The way yeah. she's describing this, her childhood makes it seem like they daily. lived and breathed this plan. And then she misses. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so she know. remembers, but still they fucks didn't it have up. They didn't have enough mannequins to practice shooting at. That was the problem. More yeah. mannequins. They had to set up enough out in the woods that her future daughter would scream at nonsensically. Not my baby. So Mr. Myers is trying to get out. He grabs <laughs> the, the granddaughter's, uh, was it granddaughter or the daughter? He grabs one of their legs, I forget. Uh, he grabs it's the granddaughter. He grabs Judy Greer and the daughter, the granddaughter oh, yeah. stabs and him. And the granddaughter stabs yeah, that's him. And she grabs his knife, cuts at him. And he goes, et tu brute? To his yeah. knife. He's like, but that's mine. <laughs> I didn't see you play with that. And then, like, yeah, it's not a cage; it's a trap. Again, these moments feel cool, but they're from an action movie. They're not. Also, like what's a, the difference? A cage yeah, and a trap. Yeah, I don't. That that's what true. they're like. It's not a cage. Like it fucking looks like a cage. It She's should be. It's in not there. a prison. Is what well, they should say. Well, it's not a cage for like themselves. It. It's a trap for him. But that's what, like, that question. That what, right when she, when the daughter goes <laughs> downstairs and says, "Why are we in a cage?" That line didn't make sense to me at all. I was like, "It's not a cage. It's a basement." You idiot. Yeah. It's like a what, safe a, what about that looks like a cage? There are no bars <gasps> anywhere. And then as soon There's as they get out, Judy Greer's like, "It's not a cage. It's a trap." Should have been the line. There's no been, difference. You think this There's is a cage? Seeds. This is a cage, and like hits the bars. <laughs> yeah. Or they should have ended with "craft this," and then it blew up. <laughs> Would have been better and if his head was still Michaels. sticking out of it right when those oh, like yeah. splintered bits came out, just like decapitated him. Or it's awesome. decapitated, just yeah. got him stuck well, there. They've yeah. already decapitated him and it didn't stick. So <laughs> they got to do something different. Well, they're but not they acknowledging don't. that one. So they're not acknowledging anything. They burn <laughs> him because apparently that's the only way in a Halloween sequel you're meant to kill him. Well, uh, he Halloween just parties. stands there and looks up at them. He stands, looks up at him. Again, this is where I am really getting that. They wanted him to be quite feline in this one. They crossed, they said he was a cross between a cat and uh, the old original Michael Myers. Why? And he does look like it here. I don't know. It has something to do with the movements. They found it was creepier how cats move. I don't know. That was how he was was directed to be. A bit like a cat. Like the way he like waits and then whips out at people and stuff. Whip it out. He's like, pet me, pet me. Not like that. <laughs> but he looks a bit here. His hair's all like slicked back. And he's just kind of looking at them in that condescending way. Only a cat can look at you. <laughs> I don't even know if it's like, like a condescending really? cat look. As opposed to like, hey, I'm a cool hipster. You know what's cool? Not looking at explosions and fires behind you. <laughs> he's like, mechanics outfits are really in right now. That's the yeah. only reason I put it on. He's like, yeah, I'm a rustic man. Here's what my biggest fucking problem is. Like, I remember before we went to see this film, we were talking about it last week on the podcast. We're talking about, I think even on the regular show, very excited about this. And the big thing was the trailers look cool. Clearly they've shot it well. Laurie looks awesome. Michael Myers looks great. There are some cool like set piece ideas. It's all going to come down to how do they finish this? Because obviously they're going to want sequels, but they also need to like draw a fucking line through this. And how do you draw one better? I don't know. A lot of people hate H2O, but that had obviously the most definitive we're done, you know? So if you're going to say we're done, how do you beat that? And if you're not going to say we're done, how do you set it up well for future sequels with us not just feeling like here comes another fucking slasher trope? Without it doing a Danielle Harris. Yeah. And what they do here is a Danielle Harris. Fire comes in, (laughs) it burns, but then you cut back and he's not there. (laughs) Do you notice that? You're like, cut back and he's just not there anymore. It's like, okay. 
So you're even telling us he's not dead for sure. Yeah. And if he was dead, it's really boring because there's no satisfying death to this. The satisfying no. is sure they pulled a trick on him, but then the death of him is not. And then they run away, jump in the back of a van a la Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So Texas Chainsaw. And then you pan down and you get a freeze frame on the granddaughter holding his knife still. Yeah, which I'm like, I have no idea what you're trying to tell me. Are you trying to tell me that Daniel Harrison this? Because if so, that's bullshit. Especially her. Are you kidding me? She has nothing to offer that role. Yeah. I would have rather and the, the history isn't guy. even with her. It was with Danielle Harris, so yeah. that like you could understand where they were going with that. But with this, she doesn't really have anything to do with it. No, no. she it's was reacting shrug. this entire time. Yeah, she's like, "My mom is in trouble. Let me grab a knife and stab yeah. the person who's about to kill her." Yeah, it yeah. is a shrug of an ending. Um, yeah. Now, to cl- to be clear, if you go and read interviews, which you should not, and I never think any movie is like it should be what's in the movie. You know how you feel about it should be judged for that. But if you go and look up around it. David Golden Green and Danny McBride, they have a trilogy of films that they want to make um, with this. So they have like a story that they want to tell. I have no that idea if Jamie Lee Curtis. Me. Is Jamie Lee Curtis going to come back again? No, like, I, I don't think so. I can't imagine she would. I mean, I know she really enjoyed making this one and she's really enjoyed yeah, what it was trying to discuss. Yeah, but do you think John Carpenter is going to be coming back? I mean, if they pay him enough money, he will. He's a capitalist. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, oh, 14 million just for two days work i guess i'll come in that's thing he was on set a Make few times 15. but a lot of people are saying he didn't really even give any advice to this he gave a little bit of a shrug here and there but really he was just doing the music and that's his son a lot of it as well um, they made so that one cool new song that was dope they did it, yeah it wasn't even like a horn it was like a synth guitar yeah, it was like horn. a synth siren just like cool. electric piano and then they should get Ratatat to do the next soundtrack. Ooh, oh yeah, <laughs> be too um, too cool, too groovy, too cool, too hipster. sexy. Hipster Halloween. <laughs> Halloween Maybe that's what they sexy. Need. <laughs> do a crossover yeah. between uh, the French version of Step Up, which is called Sexy Dance, and Halloween. Yeah. Halloween Sexy Dance. Yeah, <laughs> that'll be the musical. Allie. It'll be the musical that I've been asking for. But there you go. That was it. That was Halloween 2018. Yeah. There was a window in that basement though. It had a little bit of wire on it. So there's a possibility. Is that what he makes it a cage? Snuck out. Snuck out. Yeah. Really good planning then. Yeah. Uh, for 40 years. <laughs> 40 um, fucking years and you leave some wire on a window. If yeah. you stick around post credits, you're not going to get any extra shots. You're just going to get the sound of Michael Myers breathing, which is, yeah, still alive. So all yeah. those people are like, oh, maybe it's going to be about the girl and the next one's like, no. Thank God. Michael Myers. 100%. I no, I mean, that's the one thing I got to say. For all the bad things you can say about Blumhouse, they're not going to let Michael Myers die. <laughs> this is yeah, Blumhouse's first I mean, they've tried having Halloween. a Halloween movie without Michael Myers before. They're not going to make that mistake again. Not they should just not make another one and just let Agreed. this be. Because it's a good Agreed, cap. Justin. All right. Well, let's get into it. <laughs> How you guys felt about Halloween 2018 and where do you want a potential sequel which is obviously definitely going to happen because we should say now like a peek behind the curtain we had to take a little bit of a break halfway through this podcast we have since then found out the full figures for the weekend halloween is at number one so number two uh even uh, to be fair it's been out for three weeks is a star is born and it's made 19 million dollars this weekend number one is halloween with 76 million dollars on Ooh, a that's million a holy shit. it is yeah. the biggest opening of any halloween film ever it is, after it, I think, the second biggest horror opening of any time ever. And already, within three days, they're now talking about the next Friday the 13th is finally going to happen. And you can Jason! believe it. 
<laughs> you can believe it. That He's slashes slashes are gonna come back now. So if there's one thing I'm grateful for, whether I liked or hated or loved this movie, yeah. is that slashes are gonna have a resurgence because of this movie. Because it made uh, shit tons yeah. of money. Um, and Did you all say of a star us- is born as number two at nineteen? Yeah. And how Yeah, but it's been out for three weeks. It's been out for okay. three weeks. So Star okay, is okay. Born is like... <clears throat> um, but to be, you look at star the, born, the text. to be fair, over three weeks, A Star is Born has made $125 million over three weeks. And Halloween's made 76 over one weekend. That's insane. Well, if you look at the Star is Born, the way Imagine that they have the font, meshed. it looks like it says, A Star is Born at Rio. <laughs> really? Yeah. Like Just goes think of the prophets, right, Ali. If we mesh the two together, a star is born and Halloween in the music. Ooh. Oh yeah. Telling you, like where your head's at. I do think all Telling of our you. franchises are going to be coming out of retirement though over the next couple of years because of this movie. So look forward to new Texas. What you're new saying is we're in jobs. New right Friday now. 13th. <laughs> yeah. What you're saying is I could be in a Friday the 13th. Think it, yeah, or vroom yeah. vroom vroom. Holy shit, Justin! You that should be totally awesome. go in for auditions if you're able to. Hell yes, that would be amazing. That would be incredible. That means but before oh, you could direct. I think we all them. should. Oh, 100 percent. I'm I'm just gonna kill whoever's down for the next Friday Thirteenth, and I'm gonna take over. Yeah. I don't know. I think they just thought, "How and who is it?" They just announced that they're in serious talks with. But I mean, they've been in many serious talks. They've normally been falling apart, but right now, I think that these things could stick. Hang on. I want to look this up. Justin, can you sing us a little song? No. It wasn't the Halloween one. Halloween, Halloween, eight more days to Halloween. Silver Shabrock. Did you know the masks were in this film? Sadly, the song was not. How sad. Yeah. I am perfectly fine with the song not being in it. God. Probably costs a lot of money. We were we were able <laughs> to, to divulge some of the Easter eggs to some guys after Ali and I were because... They were outside talking about it outside of the cinema and they were very happy, but also disappointed in themselves that they didn't see the silver shamrock masks. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're on screen for like half a second. Yeah, uh, they're on their screen twice. Well, yeah, this, I guess the second time it was up there, I had noticed that they were like, I saw kids walk by in Halloween costumes, right. but I hadn't noticed that it was the silver shamrock masks until you leaned over and you're like, did you notice? And then I put it together because I could still I picture very it subtle. in my head. In no just, way like, was it like, oh, you look. <laughs> it, um, I mean, there were not enough people in that theater that you could have gotten away with it. I wish there was a Wade character. So you could say, like, fuck off, Wade. Fuck off. So like apparently in 2020. Like said, fuck off, though, in that movie. Uh, I don't think that. I don't remember. Oh, dang. So apparently in 2020, it's the 40th anniversary of Friday the 13th. Mm. Um, so that's what they're trying to then you know i'm sure they'll be trying to replicate the success of this with a 40th anniversary one and they're talking about lebron james is coming on board to direct to, it to what is he doing to direct it what like what is lebron james gonna do he's a basketball player he's gonna be the funny black man he's involved in something else wasn't he recently um where is it? I think he's like he a good, has a good voice. He's doing Space Jam 2 right now, isn't he? Oh my what? God. He's making all kinds of great decisions. Doesn't need to be an actor. Yeah, let actors be actors. Something. Didn't we learn going, that? Hey, let me be in the NBA. Oh, he's done as a producer on it. Oh, okay, thank goodness. That's fine. Hmm. Is it? 
<laughs> I don't know. I mean, what I does that know. mean? He's just giving money to it? Is he an executive producer? No, he's not an executive producer, a producer. Like, I mean, and if he's the first name they're talking about with this movie, then it means he would have some creative control over it. He's doing Space Jam and Friday the 13th, apparently. Well, just yeah, keep so the two, we could begin the two the scripts Friday. very far away from each other. Mm. <laughs> yeah. That might make Sean go see this movie. LeBron James and the Friday the 13th movie. Yeah. He loves LeBron. All right, guys. So let's start with uh, who wants to go first? Who wants to talk about their feelings? Me. Fine. Allie. <laughs> <laughs> Katie looked super bored when you said that. How do you feel about Halloween 2018? What are you going to want from a sequel? Don't say well, no sequel. there's Katie's opinion. But that's my answer, honestly. So I'm going to say it. I'll expand on it, but I'm going to say it. Please do expand. My main issue with this movie we kind of touched on very briefly at the beginning of this podcast with the whole he killed five people and kind of acknowledging the fact that like probably everybody in the audience in their heads coming to this understanding slasher territory is like that's not that bad that's just five people (laughs) that's pretty much nothing which is where my head was at and then obviously Ginny's character and Allison kind of give him some backlash for it to kind of bring us back to reality of like well Five people is a lot of people that he killed. But because we're in a slasher movie and because that comes with all of slasher territory, I don't understand being this passionate and having this much PTSD for having it. If they're ignoring all of the other films and having it take off just from the first film where Laurie has really only spent this one night with him, not even a full evening it doesn't that's what just <laughs> hear me out it doesn't I make sense to me that like in any if they're wanting to play by real world rules where like five people is a lot of people then also play by the rules of like they caught him he was locked up and he's been locked up for 40 years any normal person i think would be like oh good they caught him and nothing bad has happened since then so otherwise if they had acknowledged all the other films i think this mentality that they are coming to like that has been passed on through these three generations would make a lot more sense to me mm-hmm. of like Lori being like no 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 you do not understand like he we have been trying to kill him he continues to break out he continues to come back to this town he has been after me for 40 years he hasn't been after her for 40 years and they're trying to come at this saying there is no like it's not because it's a family tie well then what are his intentions like he if he's been locked away for 40 years he would probably just forget about Lori. And if he just had this desire to kill, he would just kill people. He wouldn't escape 40 years later with the, you know, this huge plan just specifically looking for her. It makes no sense to me. If they acknowledged all the other films, I think it would be a lot more powerful. And they would need, I would need them to have like a bigger ending where he, they actually do solidify his death, which I know most people who love this movie are not going to be happy with because everybody wants him to come back because everybody loves Michael. And I'm going to not say too much because I don't want to give away where this is in my list of 11. But I think that's just my biggest issue with these franchises in general is when you keep making them, the lore becomes confused. You start choosing which ones to acknowledge and choosing which ones to ignore. And that really, really bothers me. And it bothers me that they walk this balance of sometimes he's human Sometimes he's not human, but at the end of the day, he always comes back because we're going to keep making more to keep making more money. I'd rather just see somebody be confident enough in the story to stick to the story, stick to him being killed when he's killed, and then go make something else that's really cool. 
Also, last thing, very small logistical issue is I'm confused why it's called Halloween. I mean, it takes place on Halloween. Yeah. Okay, but the first one is also called Halloween, and that's the only one they're acknowledging. So then why does it have the same name as the first one? No, film? sure. Yeah. Should it call just, I mean, just to be Halloween clear, 4 yeah. H40. Well, yeah, when they were shooting this, it was called Halloween H40. Okay. Should have been. Although then no one would have known who hadn't been keeping up with it why it was called H40. <laughs> Although Halloween H40, but yeah, that's not how you should say it. Again, oh, H20 yeah. makes no sense. <laughs> they should have just called okay. it the Ween. I do like that we focus. I mean, there's when a lot. One Sorry, man I only commented on the things. Oh, hell <laughs> breaks loose and parties ensued. So just for people though who aren't going to listen to our wrap up next week, so they're not going to hear your rankings. Don't yeah, give your rankings away, but you can still give away. I'm a little bit confused because you like, I can hear your problems. Yeah, yeah. We'll talk That's about whether we I agree just realized them. I only gave my problems and I didn't comment yeah. on the things that I like. <laughs> <laughs> I did yeah. I did like it overall. I have I guess because we're on this podcast what we do is we pick it all apart. So I was picking it apart. But I like that it's focused on this three generational family tie. I love that Lori's the main character and not the granddaughter. Um I wish we had seen more of Judy Greer because I think she's really great and I think they could have done more to set up their relationship and her childhood. So yeah, there's a lot that I do like about it and at the end of it it is in my top Halloween films. Okay. Top Halloween films. Which is not so, necessarily saying much. But no, <laughs> yeah. it's yeah, it's not at the yeah. very bottom. It's in one of the top, I don't know, five. Okay. okay. <laughs> I'll say that. Uh, J- Justin. Yeah. I'm super disappointed. Wasn't in space <laughs> or anywhere exciting. <laughs> there was not Definitely even a mention of space. Yeah, not even a mention. No, I, I thoroughly enjoyed the film coming from the long list of Halloween films, this one had a bit more promise of having, you know, Jamie Lee Curtis's character back, which is something that I was always looking forward to. Um, I thought it was fun overall. You know, if you were new to the franchise and you just only saw this one, I think it was decent enough to make you go like, oh, what happened? Maybe I should watch the first one. Like, I think it does a good job in making people want to see the first one, which then hopefully gets you to watch all of them because I had to watch all of them. (laughs) But it was like kind of like a JJ Abrams doing star Wars where they played it a little safe, added nostalgic value, tried to make it a little their own, but overall it was just kind of a mesh, a mashup of like all the old stuff. I did like how they made her character and how they made it instead of like everyone, like she's just another victim where people are like, Oh, we're victims. Ah, it was just like, Oh, we're victims, but not this time. Like we're actually going to be badasses, which I thought was cool. And majority of the men in this film were like really weak or stupid and they were (laughs) really useless. I thought that was entertaining. I want to know what happened to her boyfriend that she left. I thought he was going to die, but he lives a perfectly normal life. Mm-hmm. He's with Tiger Girl. He's fine. He's now yeah. a cross-dresser for real, though. Bangles, he loves yeah. that skirt. He's just, He's like, just joining no, his th- drugs. That's her clothes, I think the post-credit should be cutting back to the party and no one's there and she's the Tiger Girl's still there, cross-armed, just looking pissed. Yeah. <laughs> she's still standing. He's joining his He's, dad's peyote she business, still has so to see him Because he borrowed her clothes. That's true. So well, Technically, that's they were Vicky's a, grandma's clothes. Yeah, they clothes. were... <laughs> 
And Mickey's yes. dead now, so yeah. maybe he just that's, kept them. Oh, yeah, that's true. Damn. What an awkward... Like, I had, I had a, a couple of friends at the uh, festival that saying how cool it would be if they were dressing up as her grandmother and Michael Myers, like, for the for the thing. Or at least somebody in the, yeah. in the costume party. What I think would have made a better setup, because it's kind of ridiculous that, yes, five people, that's not crazy. I mean, that's still, like, brutal deaths within one night, which is kind of extreme. But... I don't understand why he would go to an insane asylum. He would immediately go into like a maximum prison security. It's like, you're not just mentally unsafe. You're like not safe. You killed people. And that is a, a huge crime. And I feel like he would have been in a prison over an asylum to make it more believable that Jamie Lee Curtis would be that affected for 40 years. I think they should have just had a little clip thing before or just something that shows him like breaking out and killing Loomis and as he's making his way to Jamie Lee Curtis's house like he's caught before he even gets there which would make it more like you know terrifying that oh crap he's trying to kill me now and so that paranoia would make much more sense than her like oh he's been away for 40 years and I'm still super gun ho about it like <laughs> you would I honestly think after like 20 years of him sitting in there, at least you'd be like, okay, not too bad. Like if, especially if your daughter grew up and then she has a granddaughter, like at that point you're like, okay, things are pretty fine. And it wasn't clear what the hell that doctor's intentions were. I mean, to me, I like, I was like, he really desperately wanted to talk to him, have a conversation to like take it to the next level of what Loomis couldn't achieve. Like he was trying to beat Loomis or something. Mm Mm-hmm. He doesn't even grunt anymore. He used to grunt. Yeah. No grunting. He's just all crafts. All crafty. He was like, I feel like it was played by Hugh Jackman in The Prestige. <laughs> they should have just called this Prestige. Our Halloween. Two. Prestige. <laughs> what I would like to... Do you want this trilogy then that they're talking about? Like, does that... Honestly, I would just... I'm fine with it ending, but if it... For it to continue where I would want to see it... I don't want to see it in this town anymore like i'm i'm over this town everyone in this town is stupid everyone makes poor decisions and they clearly you had 40 years to really up your police department and you failed at that so let's move away from there let's go to space or like somewhere different just a different town you know it also just makes like this, this ending weaker i feel if they're trying to have like this tri female strength coming together yeah. and just fucking shit up and killing Michael. As soon as you make it a trilogy and you start moving on with other characters, it totally defeats yeah. the purpose of what you set out to intend to do with this one. Yeah, because you ended it with like really strong people. Anyone that comes after you, are like, well, why why don't you just send out the A-list on them? They clearly kicked his ass. And you just, everyone else would just have to be way stupider and then you're just watching a bunch of idiots do the same stupid mistakes that you're like, dude, now you're just doing what like there's nothing new and innovative about that genre like you just now went backwards you stepped forward and then you took like a bunch of steps back mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and i would like to see al white direct direct the next one <laughs> thank you that's what i'm looking for al white is directing friday the 13th that's true and not I'm starting yeah, but i mean in all honesty like when you have those fantasy conversations which everyone at this festival does like what would you like to direct what would you like to be in blah 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 Halloween means so much to me, but it's such a mess. I'm just like, I wouldn't want to touch it. It's like, what do you do with this? Because it is your, it's like, where do you go? Like, how do you not make it personal 
without fucking it up but then how do you make it personal without fucking it up how do you have like with friday the 13th jason's just goofy so it's yeah. like all right we can do we can literally blow him up and then the next one he's just like electrified back but, together yeah. it's like who cares he's a zombie from the but halloween of a there's lake. a level of there's a level of sophistication that can be there and it makes it very difficult how you yeah. do it as a regular series katie I'm, so, I'm watching your face through this, but I remember we when we got out of Fantastic love, Fest, like, you were more so buzzed on this fun. than me. I had so much fun at Fantastic Fest watching this because you were surrounded by genre fans. You were surrounded by people who understood what this movie was giving to you as a fan of the series. But it did not change my mind that I've had since the beginning in this concept that I've struggled with with Michael Myers is that I don't really understand how he has become the icon that he is other than the fact of the timing of that first one and the, that it off that it set off this slasher like phenomenon in film history. I feel that if there hadn't been a Friday the 13th, if there hadn't been a Freddy Krueger, if there hadn't been a pinhead, like if those hadn't had the cult following then I, I honestly feel that Halloween would have died a long time ago and it would not have the hype that it now ha- that it now possesses because the only legs that I felt that this film had to stand on was that it, it hearkened back to the original. However, it didn't do so many things that it could have done. Even when Justin, you were talking about her PTSD and also Allie where there should have been so much more to it than what it was. And I thought it was such a brave statement to make. And I know that it's the thing that Jamie Lee Curtis is standing so strongly on for this film saying it's important for victims to be heard and to be appreciated for the trauma that they've been through, which I completely agree with, but H2O did it so much better. Like it showed her struggle. It showed her, you know, not knowing what was reality and what was not and what was in her head and the things that she had fabricated and the struggle that she had with her son, you didn't see that here. It was almost made a mockery because no one appreciated her grief or her pain. And you just saw her being insulated in this world that was kind of stupid if it was something that happened for six hours, 40 years ago. And that, yeah, it killed some of her friends, but that was high school. It didn't even kill anyone in her immediate family. It, it was just, it's this disjointed mesh of like, wouldn't this be a cool idea? And then people kind of just like splice in other horror elements that they want to see. And in this case, the only things that I found exciting about it were the things that they stole from the original. So... I don't really know how you can call this its own movie because yeah. it's to me not. I just thought it was kind of a remake of another of the original one when the original one was fantastic all by itself. So I love, I love, love, love the original. But after that, I don't know that it has enough of a story to expand upon, especially not to 11 successors or 10 successors now. I don't know. I hate to hate on stuff because I love that people are making things that make them excited and are fun and that draw mass crowds and makes 
millions and millions and millions of dollars. I think that that's fantastic that the genre is succeeding. And I, I want a resurgence of people like Jason and I want to see, you know, fans being able to express themselves in stories that have captivated them since their childhood, if not their early teenage years. So I want them to be made. I just want them to be made with some honor and some respect and something new. So if they pass the torch to this Allison character, it would be a shame. And I would be really disappointed even more so because she doesn't have anything to bring to it, especially if they're saying that family had nothing to do with it. I think that that decision is really sad for them to have made just because that is the driving force of Michael Myers. Otherwise, there's no point in even watching his story. Yeah. So I had la- okay. I laughed. I had fun. I got to drink beer and cheers and scream with people in a cinema. <laughs> and I thought that that was a very, very cool experience. Second time around is exactly, it relied more on how I think the majority of people are going to react to this film and that they're just going to go see a scary movie. And it's not even scary. Like there's not any scary point in this film. So unless the guy is behind you kicking your seat at the jump scared <laughs> point. The only or time. unless you got everyone fucking talking throughout the whole film and smoking weed. Yeah. That's the scariest thing. Yeah. That's scary. Those weed smoking. I mean, I'm excited <laughs> the next week we'll get to kind of revisit it again briefly as we sure. do the wrap up so we can all percolate a little bit more. But, um, oh, it's interesting. I've been excited to hear everybody's thoughts on this because I kind of agree with all of you. And we're all saying same, similar things, but also quite different, which is interesting about this movie. And I've been reading a lot of reviews, like I say, talking to a lot of people. What I found interesting is obviously for the public, it's doing really fucking well. Most of the critics are loving it. I think IGN gave it a 9 out of 10 or something. The, but a lot of horror crowds... Well, I'm seeing them post their lists of their favorite Halloween movies, and this is right in the middle for a lot of them, or even low sure. down for some of them. Some of them are placing it below Rob Zombie's original uh, remake. And I've been, I don't know if I've been surprised. I think I was expecting the horror community maybe to embrace this a bit more because on paper, it looks like everything that we want. And that's why I was so excited for this, you know, getting back the original actor who played Michael Myers, getting back Jamie Lee Curtis, like, you know, getting back John Carpenter as well. I'll be in a slightly different role, but, you know, I'll say this. Okay, so 20 years ago, Jamie Lee Curtis did H2O. She admitted afterwards it wasn't the film that she really wanted, and she ended up doing it as a paycheck. She signed on for good reasons. It changed into something that she wasn't the story she really wanted to tell. So she never got to do that, but she got a paycheck. And she later on also revealed she was addicted to quaaludes at that point, even that late in her life. So the addiction stuff to do with alcohol in that film was a literal thing to do with her and her drug abuse. 20 years later, she's getting to try again. And I think she's getting closer. You know, I think like I hear what you're saying, Katie, but this is the thing is like, I think this is closer to the film she wants to make and the film that I want to see. But I think H2O does what it's doing better. Like despite all the problems and all of the sort of, you know, you might not like H2O, but I think what it does, it's more successful at. Whereas this film, I think, has higher ambitions and it falls on its face again and again and again. So it's this weird ride of like, I don't know if you'll get to have this chance again. I feel these are her two opportunities to kind of like close out the series how she wants to. The PTSD thing, I completely believe it. Like from one night, not much happening and it happened to people in your circumference being attacked. I love the idea of it being, well, not much really happened to you. You only killed five people, but it still affects you for the rest of your life because that's what real life is like. That would still affect you for the rest of your life. Not everybody, but quite a lot of people. The problem is you got to fucking play it straight. 
It's like, if you're doing that, then you're doing a real world version of Halloween. Yeah. And they start off in that place. Like when we join these stupid journalists, who we've, none of us have mentioned again. Yeah. Uh, they're not journalists. They're podcasters. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> like us. <laughs> when they start off with them and then we get a whole introduction, like it builds well. I don't like some of the characters, but it's like, yeah, I feel like we're occupying more of the real world. And then it shifts to the teenagers and then it shifts to these goofy moments with the doctor, which is abhorrent to me. And then you get to a contrived ending and then you get to an ending which feels satisfying, but it's uh, not the ending, but like the twist sort of feels satisfying, but it's also just the contrived filmmaking. As- yeah, it doesn't really mean anything. It's kind of stupid. It's just one-liners and action sort of tropes. And then the ending is just like nothing. There's no finality to this. And that's going to be my biggest burner in this film. It's like, there's no fucking finality to this film. And you either need to make it then super fun at the end, or you need to do finality, or just show, no, we're going to keep going. We have a trilogy in mind, you know? But they don't. It's really just this, well, we don't really know what we're doing. Here's a shrug for an ending. And that pisses me off. I'm less interested in the teenagers. I mean, I think the acting overall is, you know, good to excellent. But Jamie Lee Curtis is outacting everybody by such a league oh yeah i just want to be with her for the whole film it's like no offense to any of the teenagers but i don't really care i just want to be with jamie lee curtis yeah and i want to see her finish out her story properly and i want to see her get a second chance to do an h2o ending which is like no this is it done and i appreciate i was talking to a friend last night it was like yeah but i hate when they do that in slasher films because you know they're going to make another and I'm like yeah but for this film that works it's like the ending of H2O works for me for that film sure they're going to do another and they're gonna have to come up with some stupid excuse to get out of it but, uh, but if you want to, you can just watch one, two, and H2O. If you want to, you can just watch number one and this. You know, that's how it should feel. And they don't do that at all. So it's this really weird place where obviously this is the best made, you know, from a practical point of view, Halloween movie since the first one. Mm-hmm. It looks gorgeous for the most part. Like, it's very well done. The acting is of a high caliber. There's some great moments throughout it. It's stylish. But... It just doesn't seem to know what it's trying to do. It seems like we said earlier, there's a clash between what John Carpenter wants from The Shape and what Danny McBride and David want from The Shape. And I feel like that in so many aspects of this film. It's like, it's not decided what it's doing. And I don't, you know, envy them. Like I say, it's such a difficult tone to hit. Um, Like you're saying, Katie, it's like, can this, can you do sequels with this? I think you can. But the problem I think they're going to have now with these big ones and the problems they had when they brought back Friday the 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street, they still make decent money. But you're, we're in an age now, think of the big budget horror movies. You know, like they're things that take themselves pretty seriously. When you have a goofy, fun, stupid horror movie, it normally is going to be low budget and it's going to go limited release and then straight to digital or just straight to digital. That's the kind of world that we're occupying now with horror. When you get one opening big at the weekend, it's going to be a conjuring or it's going to be a get out. Mm -hmm. You know, it's going to be hereditary. It's going to be something that takes itself seriously and there's an artistry to it. And that's what we expect now from big horror films at the cinema. So when you go to see a classic icon like Jason or Michael or Freddy at the cinema, we're stuck in between two places because by the very pure fact that it's a sequel and they've all been silly really in the 80s is it needs to be silly but by the fact that you're seeing it in the cinema and it's a big budget thing it's like well it needs to be serious right and they get stuck they don't know what to do with themselves and i do feel the only chance you have is when you get to reshuffle and go all right we're going to start again by part three it's still going to be into the silly realm for sure but at least we can maybe get one or two good ones out first before we get to the silly you know yeah i just want to see like a james wan or someone take this over and do something ardently horror with it 
I agree. I think like a true horror. I mean, I was excited about David giving a different slant to that, and I do think he does some good indie stuff. But I don't know if I mean I'm like I will, I'm impressed that Danny McBride could write something that wasn't just pure comedy. But the comedy bits in here don't work for me very no. well with the tone of the rest of the movie. No. Yeah, I'd like them if it was just that the whole time. If it was just a Danny McBride Halloween movie, that could yeah. be a lot of fun. Sure. But yeah, no, I hear what you're saying. I mean. Maybe not James Wan because Aquaman looks fucking terrible. Okay. But. Well, not, all, <laughs> not every director's I mean, choices are going to be the best. Michael in water. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be I fun. I don't know. This, I'm so confused and I want to like look at this again next week. But I will say like after the first time I came out, like you said, Katie, you're in a big environment of genre fans. You're so, so excited fun. to see it. Jamie Lee Curtis is in the building. Yeah. Jason Blum's in the building. Yeah. The you're energy of the people you're happy. with will do a lot. Yeah. Yeah. But I was still the most negative in our group. Like I was like, I had some real problems with that, particularly towards the ending. But I had a great time. I was expecting by the second time, okay, I can accept this for what it is now and I can just enjoy it. And I actually liked it less the second time. Plus it was nice because I love horror stuff, but at the same time, I I forget things really quickly. Like, Al, you're always really good about like, oh, so-and-so directed that in whatever year. And then it had this, you know, composer and oh, I, don't, I can't remember that stuff. So to have been doing this podcast and then to get to go see it with like all of the knowledge fresh in my brain I think that also added to my adrenaline and my excitement because I got to like geek out and nerd out with people who were in the crowd and yeah, you feel able to respond it. when I was asked questions in an intelligent way and like know who did what and be able to tell guys who were standing outside the cinema, oh, did you see the silver shamrock mask? Like I never get yeah, to do yeah, that. Yeah. So to me, that was really fun. <laughs> no, completely. And I, to be look, to be completely clear, this is definitely one of the better films in the Halloween franchise. If anyone who says it isn't, I think it's crazy online. I think they're just right. being contrarian. It's the worst. It's the worst. Um, I can <laughs> understand no if you don't have as much fun with it. And it's definitely, you know, it's a film that I think a lot of people enjoy. And I agree with Justin. I think it's a film people might see and then go, I'm going to check out that 70s one. Because the sad truth is a lot of people don't anymore. They find that pacing boring. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I do think, you know, it's still a great movie. I enjoyed it a whole bunch. But looking at it as we have to as both critics and as Hallow I'm a Halloween fan. It pissed me off in a lot, in a lot of yeah. ways. And in terms of what they're planning with the, with the trilogy, it's like, all right, like maybe you can do something. Like maybe you can, but you better fucking have a full stop at the end of that trilogy, you know? Yeah. There better be something really cool happening and I don't know what it can be. And I, I didn't know what it could be with this one and you let me down. So yeah. you got two more chances and we'll see. I didn't see uh, any original cool ideas in this that I wasn't expecting. So. It's also weird because I just want more slasher films. On one hand, I'm so happy it's made all this money because then we're going to get more slasher films. But on the other hand, I'm kind of pissed that everyone's talking about this like it's this new holy grail of horror. Right. And I want people, I want the general public to know, no, this isn't that great. <laughs> like it's a, it's a good film. Right. Like it's not a, it's not a classic. It's not. It's just not. Yeah. In my opinion. All right, guys. We will be back then next Friday to talk over our Halloween wrap-up. For those of you new to us, and I know we have some new listeners, hello. Well done for Hi. staying this long. We're going to be going through He's all like, the all these Halloween people films. really hate this movie. <laughs> we have any new <laughs> listeners. We're going to go through all the Halloween films again very briefly, just giving an opinion on all of them. We're going to talk over some trivia. We're going to talk in video games, comics, books, merchandise, bullshit. We're also going to then be ranking... We're going to do, well, we'll definitely do the best masks. We'll do the best final people other than Jamie Lee Curtis. We'll do the best kills, all that fun stuff. The best Dr. Loomis <laughs> lines, probably. <laughs> I don't yes. know. 
something like that. And then we'll be ranking all the films finally in an order from worst to best before we will then be moving into our next series, which I'm happy to announce is going to be Predator. Wow. Um, and it's Katie Watson, <laughs> me, and Alexander Child are going to all the Predator movies. Well, just get to the chopper. <laughs> all right. Until then, please do head over to Weird Geeks. We really appreciate your support. We do all this for free. So if you can subscribe, if you can rate, it means a lot to us. This is where Justin normally threatens you. <laughs> do it. Do it now. There you go. That's a good threat. <laughs> uh, that was more of an encouragement, which I appreciate. And you can also follow us on all the social medias if you want to bother us and talk to us about movies. I'm Mr. Oh, Alley. Wow. Everything, including <laughs> Xbox. If you want to play some Red Dead, you want to play some Friday the 13th, you want to play some Fallout 76 beta. I want to ride ponies with you. Let's all ride ponies together. I want to I wanna do a posse. In real life. It's a great country song. No, not in real life. Al is, well, Al's pretty comical no, in real life riding ponies. But ponies. I would hate to horses. see that. I like it's riding pan- horses. It's, it's overwhelming panic on his face the whole time. Yeah, I can't do it. Justin will do it. Yeah. We go to yeah. Hawaii and ride ponies. I want to do that. Uh, we'd have to go to Kauai. That's right. fine. Kauai. Sure. Not Hawaii. Hawaii. <laughs> Kauai. Is that like is that Kauai. like the cuter version? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they the have really island. big eyes, those ponies. His <laughs> <Yeah>. bone <laughs> is so kawaii. <laughs> I missed Mr. Al White on everything. Oh yeah, and if you are listening to this contemporary, please do come along next week to the Ithaca Fantastique horror film festival and you can come and watch our film starfish and i will be there so you can hang out and tell me that i'm wrong and stupid and that halloween 2018 is the best and i will say you're that resurrection or any of ali's favorite or the producer's card or the unrated is my love i thought everybody loved halloween 2 the director's cut more than the original cut rob zombies one and i've been hearing people recently fucking hate it who think the director's cut is the worst thing ever but very, um, very contagious. Huh. What about you guys? Where can people follow you, Justin? I-T-S-R-E-D-L-E-Y. I was about to say, uh, in Hawaii. It's <laughs> they can follow you. You can follow him, Hawaii. literally. Allie. Yeah. Please don't follow me literally, but if you'd like to follow me digitally, I am on Instagram as Allie Sue. Woohoo. I'm at Watson Dearest on Twitter, and I'm now taking polls to see what I should dress my dog up as for Halloween. So, Ooh. potato. Get your opinions <laughs> in now. I think we just sold it. What a are potato. the options? Uh, well, she's black and white. And last year I made her a panda, but this year I wanted to like make it more interesting. And potato. I think that the world <laughs> has upscaled its uh, like availability of outfits for dogs. So mm. I found some Eight really potato crazy ones. <laughs> But I need to get her something that doesn't really require anything that she can get off of her face because baked she will. potato. <laughs> I'm going to keep ignoring the baked potato option unless I can we'll put next like Friday with the Halloween wrap sour up cream until and cheese on it. Oh my out. God. Eek some baked potatoes. Eek. Baked potatoes. Baked potatoes.